What's up, everybody? It is episode 98 of the Chick Foley Show. Another big week in wrestling. Myself, the world-famous Chick Foley, and Marco are here to bring you all the latest in the world of wrestling and wrestling figure collecting. So uh, let's start off. Sheena, say hi to all the fans. What's up, people? Marco, how you doing? I am doing fine. I'm still a little bit in mourning. We'll talk about it later, but uh, oh no, yeah, the, the, mm. the yeah the uh, you know what I'm talking about the uh, the uh, the sad news, the breakup, the big breakup that happened over yeah. the weekend. It's like uh, uh still still it still hurts me. Still a little, it's still a little raw. Yeah, for you play on words there. That's right, but we'll get through. I'm gonna get through it without crying. Okay. I'm gonna get through it. I'm gonna try. Sheena, tell them where uh, tell them where they can find you guys on social media. So you can find myself on Instagram at Chick Foley, and you can find our good buddy, the masshole, Marco Denton, over on uh, Twitter at, at Chick Foley Show. And you can find um, all the things you need to know about joining our exclusive Facebook community and getting uh, Patreon content over at ChickFoleyShow.com. Uh, we got some really good stuff going on in the Facebook group. We're um, buying, selling, trading, all the things right now. Um, those Legend Series 8 are dropping. So we have people literally hunting multiple targets every single day. Coast so, to coast. Coast to coast. Like so. man. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been really cool to just see everybody getting to help everybody out and get those get their figures for themselves. Um, we are going to be doing the toy drive, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. But we have a lot of cool stuff going on over there. So chickfillyshow.com for all that information. And then we also have a really cool giveaway coming up. So for I'll, I'll intro that with a little bit of classic music. I saw all the old heads out there recognize that as the classic World Rumble theme music. You guys remember uh, Mean Gene would come on and announce all 30 participants uh, with with this tune playing in the background. So what we're going to do for the next giveaway, it's going to be a little bit different. I think it's going to be fun, though. So first things first, we're going to be giving away the WrestleMania Elite 2-pack of Rey Mysterio and Samoa Joe. Some really cool figures. We got those MOC, and we're going to be giving them away to the winner of this contest. It's going to be exclusive for the Patreons. We're going to run it from our Facebook page. So again, if you guys go to chickfoleyshow.com, uh, you can get signed up for that for $1 a month or 10 bucks for the entire year. And that'll give you the opportunity to sign up for this giveaway. So basically, uh, you know, Sheena shares a lot of my WWE 2K posts with uh, my universe that I run on there. You guys know that I got a very uh, robust roster of superstars past and present. So what we're going to do, we're going to open it up to the Patreon group on Facebook, 30 slots. Everybody can sign up and pick a wrestler of their choice. All right. And we're going to include all the guys that come standard on the 2K roster, plus all the created wrestlers I have on there. So basically any big name from, the last 30 to 40 years of wrestling is available to you. You're just going to sign up first 30 feet, first come first serve. You guys pick who you want. And we are going to live stream a simulated Royal rumble on WWE 2k and whichever wrestler wins, if that's your guy, uh, you will win that, uh, Ray Mysterio and Samoa Joe. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, that'll be kicking off in the next couple of days. So all you got to do is sign up for the, uh, the Patreon to get access and the details will be on the Facebook page. Marco, what's, what's your thoughts on this one? Who, who are you going to go with for your uh, your digital avatar in the 2K Royal Rumble? We stunned him into silence. Oh, no. Yeah, you, you did a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let me think. Huh. Digital you can avatar. Pick, it, 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 you can pick any wrestler out of, you know, the last 30, 30 years. Who would you go with to, to potentially win the Royal Rumble? Oh, you got to, I mean, 
Uh, obviously, everyone thinks I'm going to pick the Warrior, but if I'm I'm going to go Royal Rumble, you got to go Stone Cold Steve Austin, multiple. Um, uh, Royal oh, Rumble, win three Royal Rumbles. Yeah, man. Yeah. Only one. Yeah. So yeah, you get it. He's a he's a sure bet. All right, so for all the Patreon members of the Chick Fil A fam, you guys have been warned. If you want Stone Cold Steve Austin in the Rumble, you better beat Marco to the uh, <laughs> signups because, like I said, it's going to be first come, first serve. So just keep it locked into the Facebook page next couple of days, and we'll post the details there. Uh, we also got some new T-shirt designs available at Pro Wrestling Tees. Um, so definitely take a look over there. Uh, it's all awesome new designs. I saw uh, AEW actually got a bunch of Halloween design shirts out also. So uh, check out all the stuff from all the indie wrestlers, AEW, and grab yourself some Chick Foley Show swag also. Sheena, tell them uh, how they can save some money at Ringside Collectibles. You know already. You guys know the deal. Use code Chick Foley at uh, Ringside Collectibles for all. You know, there's tons of stuff up for pre-order right now. There's tons of stuff that's it's live and available to get shipped right, right away. So, um yeah, always use code Chick Foley when you're checking out. And also the cool thing about doing that is like oftentimes we'll just do a flash giveaway for people who have used our code within the last couple of months. We you know we'll always just have you DM us a picture of you using the code. Um, and then, you know, we, we enter you into a giveaway. So it's as easy as that. We just like to support our friends over at Ringside. Um, and by you, you guys using the code Chick Foley, it helps support the show. So anyway, uh, yeah, always use code Chick Foley. Marco, we got anything else for housekeeping or are we ready to move inside the squared circle? Um, no, nothing. No, let's, let's, let's move on. Let's, let's, let's get this, uh, let's get the show rolling. All right. We are stepping inside the squared circle. This segment is brought to you by again, our friends at pro wrestling tees.com. And we're going to run down the chicks top six. So this is where in uh, no particular order, we go over the top six stories of the week, starting off with number six, the Wednesday night war recap. So we, uh, we told you guys, you know, a couple weeks ago, we started recording, uh, basically right at 10 p.m. Eastern on the East Coast as soon as AEW Dynamite and NXT wraps up. So this is going to kind of be a standing segment uh, most weeks where we just go over what we just saw. Uh, what would you guys think of NXT and AEW tonight? Um, there was no, I mean, I, I didn't think anything crazy was, you know, happened. Uh, that I was going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stumbling over my words here. Marco, <laughs> take it away. She just needs a hot tag. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um, uh, I enjoyed NXT, obviously, because I had two of my favorites uh, on tonight. I had uh, Tony Storm make her uh, in-ring return. Um, totally, total squash match, which was pretty awesome. Um, and also Shotzi Blackheart, obviously, she didn't win. Um, yeah, she, she looked win. great tonight, though. Uh, I don't know if she got a confidence boost from getting tabbed to host Halloween Havoc, but she, she really stood out tonight. You know, she's she's I've been a fan of her since she debuted, but it seems like she's, she stepped it up a level, and I'm excited to see uh what she does over the next few weeks yeah definitely ever since that match uh she had with io shirai uh io shirai a few weeks ago um everyone was like lauding that as like one of the best matches that nxc had in like recent memory um which which i totally agree as well they both did really well they both meshed together i was hoping she'd win tonight so we get a rematch of that but um obviously she's hosting the uh the halloween havoc that night so she obviously they didn't want to pull double duty but um yeah, I enjoyed the main event too. The main event was pretty good, um, as well. I don't, I don't like the like the crazy finishes and stuff like that, but it was it was a pretty decent match for uh, for the short amount of time it had. Um, other than that, uh, the only thing, I can, uh, only other thought I had was um, uh, for the Johnny Gargano match. Um, they he that match was uh, pretty interesting. They, they're pretty similar in styles. Um, right, Austin Theory kind of reminds me of like a. Uh, like a like a young Randy Orton where he has that like kind of that like that kind of like cocky attitude that Randy had when he was younger, um, and I think 
if they if they play on that a little bit, I think he'll he'll go a long way. But yeah, I really enjoyed that match too. Um, yeah, my big thing with Austin Theory, I kind of just want to see just a little bit more personality out of him. Maybe just turn it up a couple notches. Right now, he kind of seems to me like like a creative player I would have made on you know WWF Warzone back in the day or something. Yeah. You know, just a little bit. <laughs> generic pro wrestler uh we actually watched a little bit more aew uh over nxt over here tonight uh sheen what'd you think of the chris jericho and mjf's interaction oh i i mean i love everything that both those guys do i think um they're just like the most entertaining guys on aew in my opinion as far as just like their in-ring promo work and stuff and the fact that um, mjf humbled himself enough to ask to join the inner circle i thought was just great i don't know what what's really going on there, you know, because I, I can't imagine the type of person that MJF is that he's trying to actually join something where there's another leader, you know, he, he's, he's an alpha, you know, he's the leader of the pack. I can't imagine that he's going to like serve under um, Chris Jericho. So I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes and they're going to have a steak dinner, which I mean, I'm always down for a steak dinner. You know what I mean? So I, I was, I was hyped for that. I was like, Oh, we're going to have a steak on a pole match. I'm so stoked. She's uh, she's definitely not lying. She, she knows eating up that, that whole segment. I, you know, she looked at me afterwards cause I was kind of just, uh, I gave a little bit of a, a shoulder shrug, you know, I was mildly entertained. Um, I just, I, I thought it kind of went on a little bit too long and you guys know my thoughts on, uh, MJF. I think he's, uh, you know, Miz 2.0. He's the Miz that's allowed to curse. Um, so I, I don't really think oh he's gosh. on Jericho's level. Hopefully Jericho knocks him down a few pegs, but it should be pretty interesting to see how uh, how this plays out. Marco, do you see anything that interested you on AEW? Um, yeah, definitely that. I mean, I'm probably in agreement with you there with the uh, the Jericho MJF segment. It went a little a little too long. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was entertaining nonetheless. Um, I always enjoyed Dr. Britt Baker, her segment. Oh, that that, those with, uh, segments were so great. And we got yeah. we got Shades of 40-Year-Old Virgin with yeah, the uh, yeah, Tony Yeah, that was great. <laughs> see, that was, see, that was, I enjoyed that a little bit more because it was short and to the point, essentially. Um, yeah. The, I just love I just love how she clowns on Shivani all the time. Like, I just love – I love their relationship. It just always cracks me up. Oh, it's great. Who would have thought that pairing, like, them two together would be, like – Would be, like, comedy gold. Um but yeah, the uh, I, I like the fact that both shows opened up with uh, awesome tag matches. Um, the uh, the best friends got their title shot against FTR, um, and then there was mm-hmm. a number one contender uh, tag title uh, match over on uh, NXT with uh, Oni Lorcan and uh, I was um, Danny Birch against um, Undisputed Era, which was pretty awesome. So I mean, both yeah. shows are pretty decent. They weren't like um, like blow you away, like mind blowing type of shows, but. Um, I just thought for the I just thought for the one year anniversary, um, we would get us something a little more special on Dynamite. You know what I mean? I thought I I thought it would be a little bit more than Cody just coming out and like pumping his fist, you know, and And ending with Eddie Kingston hold up the AEW championship. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of like I would have preferred to see uh, Cody and OC go on last. That was a pretty damn good match. Yeah, even though though Orange Cassidy got absolutely robbed with that uh, that finish right there. Yeah, Um, yeah, that match was actually really really good. I'm glad that they're bringing it back. yeah, two weeks from now we get the rematch. Yeah, the other the the other part now that it's like seeped into my mind. Now I'm watching. I'm like studying Cody Rhodes every week because uh <laughs> because of Seth's analysis on Cody Rhodes. <laughs> he's um so I was watching today. He's like he's really uh like I don't want to say I don't want to say stiff in the sense that like he seems very um mechanical to me now. Like cal- like calculated. Yeah, like you know what moves coming. Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah, it, there's no like fluidity to it at all. Um, 
You're not knocking yeah, him at all. He's, uh, he's playing a pro wrestler on a TV show. You know, that's what it, that's what it seems yeah, like to yeah, me. It's like he's acting out exactly. there. Yep, that's exactly probably what I was trying to get to. Yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of like he's like you see Arj Cassie just like flying all over the place, doing all this crazy stuff, and then like Cody's just like calculating. I thought like he's I, I don't know. I don't want to get too deep into it. Let's but uh, but yeah, I'm starting to pick up what you're uh, what you're putting down with uh with Cody. Yeah, um, he did bring back he did bring back the blonde hair tonight though. Um, I did notice that. I told Seth, I was like, dude, I said uh, Jeremy uh, Padauer saw him come on uh, Dynamite last week with that black hair. He's like, dude, you got a two hundred dollar figure that's about to drop with that blonde hair. You got to dye your hair back. Yeah, what the, yeah. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what the hell are you doing, pal? <laughs> we cannot do a running change on this this chase figure. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we saw the final bracket for the AEW number one contender tournament. You got any uh, early favorites on that, Marco? Um, I probably. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kenny, Kenny Omega on that mm. one. Um, Man, we're, we're, we're going with we're going with Hangman. Oh, I, I mean, I, I, it's, I mean, it's good that we're going with two different uh, guys, but uh, yeah, either one of them's gonna win. But I yeah. Mean, I think, yeah, we're definitely destined for those two in the finals. Yeah, Kenny's due for a, a singles run. I mean, they're both technically due for a singles like title at some point, but yeah, it's going to be up in the air on that one. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with that that, that lovely title that they have uh, going. So, all right. Well, we won't uh, word out too much. You know, we're uh, we're always hyped up coming on here right after uh, NXT and AEW, but we'll go on and talk about uh, some stuff we saw on Raw and SmackDown, and obviously the big story this week was. The 2020 draft. So let's just start off big picture. Uh, Sheen, what do you think of this year's draft? I always hate the draft. I mean, every year. I just think it's I, – I just think the way that they do it is super corny. At least this year we didn't have the um, the rooms with, like, all the executives and all that stuff in it with all the notepads and, you know, clipboards like and stuff. Like the NFL draft Yeah, like room. it was like the NFL draft rooms and stuff. So at least there wasn't that. Um, but, I mean, we always get to see Stephanie McMahon, which I like Steph – but, I mean, that's really the only time we get to see her nowadays. And it's just, like, so cringe. And the drafts, I mean, they just never really pan out because people end up crossing over anyway. And they're going to make these rules. What was the rule called? It'll be the wild card. The wild or card. Or the brand invitational. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, there's going to be there's gonna be a lot of that that's happening um, regardless. So, I just always feel like the draft is just kind of kind of pointless. Marco, anything different? Anything to counter Sheena's uh, negativity on the draft? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, I, I like I like it because they uh, obviously they swap people swap around and stuff like that. But I don't think they should. They don't have to really do a draft to do that. They can like um, pick like a night where they just like you know just change people up or just have yeah. have someone just show up on the show like as a surprise, like hey, I'm here now, that type of thing. Or you mm-hmm. know, keep, you don't have to like announce that somebody's going to a different brand or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it is what it is. It's we come to expect it at least once a year. Um, there yeah. weren't there weren't much many changes, but obviously there was that one big that one big surprise that they that they threw at us. Um, which was, which I mean, one? I, I feel like there was a couple. I, I was surprised to see Rollins go to SmackDown. I mean, this is the first time that he's ever been dedicated to SmackDown. So you know, obviously we've seen him on SmackDown yeah. before the brand split and stuff. But um, since the since the brand split, he's been strictly a Raw superstar. Um, so I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see. I mean, he's going to be over there with the big dog and. I don't know. I think it could be awesome. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That that was a huge surprise too. I I did read an article where there's a couple of people that have never been on SmackDown at all. Uh, I think Nia Jax is one of them as yeah. well too. She's like she's yeah, never she's been, been a, a oh, yeah. Time. yeah. 
Uh, but obviously she's going to be uh, going back and forth between the two brands because they haven't lost the titles yet. But yeah, the Seth Rollins uh, move was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously they, you know, where Seth Rollins goes, a Mysterio family follows. So I that was saw a- that. And they, they, drafted, <laughs> they drafted Dominic and Ray together, which I was like, wait, are they a tag team now? Like, I, I didn't really understand how that they got, was, how uh, they got lumped together. Deal. The, yeah. one, the one thing I said when Seth got drafted to SmackDown, I was like, well, at least you had this. Rollins and Mysterio feud can finally kind of get put to bed, but nope, sure enough, the, the Mysterios are falling into yeah. SmackDown. So, yeah. Louis Vuitton and Gucci stock is going to continue to go up with yeah. you know all the stuff they're uh, they're wearing yeah. every single week. What's his What's his new What's his new moniker? The um, SmackDown Savior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Savior. Yeah, yeah the savior. So we no longer have that. We know. Yeah, we no longer have the Monday Night Messiah. We have the SmackDown Savior. I uh, I kind of agree with you, Marco. I think the draft is really unnecessary. I am a big fan of like a hard brand split where they enforce it because if you do this thing right, like you mentioned, you can make it a big surprise when somebody shows up on another show. Just like you know how it used to be uh, between Raw and Nitro back during the the Monday Night Wars back in the nineties. And if they want to do a draft, I think they should just have like an annual crop of NXT prospects. You know what I mean? Like, let's say have have the top 30 guys in NXT um, available in the draft and they can go ahead and pick those guys. It's kind of like a rookie draft in the NFL. And for everybody else, just give them some kayfabe contracts. You know what I mean? Say Roman Reigns signed an 18-month deal with SmackDown. And, you know, when it's Mm -hmm. then then you'd have some built-in drama where, you know, you don't know if a guy's going to re-sign with his brand or switch brands and – I would do something like that, you know, more uh, kind of akin to to real sports, but but yeah, the draft every year it just it really makes you suspend your disbelief, you know, like why why would Raw draft Retribution? You know, we got a yeah. a group that's hell bent on destroying the whole company, and you're gonna sp- spend one of your draft picks on getting these guys on the show. It just uh, yeah, yeah. And, they, and they and they signed official contracts too. Remember, they were like, oh, Retribution has contracts now, you know, and I'm like, like what? what? That 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 defeats the whole yeah. principle of everything that they are. Yeah, um, unfortunately, this, despite you know this highly this highly influential podcast kind of taking a dump on the draft uh i haven't seen the ratings for raw yet but i know the ratings were spiked on smackdown on friday night so for whatever reason there's a certain uh part of the fan base that tunes in anytime this goes down um so i I would say it's something we're going to keep seeing until that changes yeah Uh, because at the end of the day the numbers don't lie yeah the only other thing i would think of is like for like the night after wrestlemania make that Mm -hmm. like the night where you make your switches so like you tune into you could you tune into raw and then someone shows up that was previously on SmackDown or something like that. Um, now they're mm-hmm. on Raw, like that's how, or or a few people, even that, like throughout the night, just like you just see like random people just show up, and then obviously you go you watch SmackDown the following night, and then you see some people show up that were previously on Raw on SmackDown, like yeah, kind of set the, set the table for the the rest of the year. Yeah, so that'd be that because usually like WrestleMania is like the pinnacle, and then everything falls yeah. in line after that. So like, why not do something? Yeah, like I like that, that idea. Like, yeah, maybe. I mean, if we have that much influence, maybe they're listening and they'll do yeah. it next year. Who knows? You can do it. Uh, you can do it at like WrestleMania and at like SummerSlam. You know, what I mean, twice twice a year have have uh, like you know shake up night or you know they'll come up with some kind of way to brand it. But yeah, I like they, they used to have better. a superstar shake up, and that what it was called. Yeah, the it, superstar shake. So, yeah, I think that was like the second year of the uh, so 2016 is where they brought the draft back, and then. I think I don't think there was a draft in 2017. I think 2017 they just did the superstar shakeup, yeah. and then uh, they brought the draft back the last few years since then. Um, so end of the day, you know, the draft is what it is. I think you know pretty much all of the uh, the internet smarts out there in agreement that there's a lot better ways it could be done if if it is necessary. But uh, regardless of that, what who do you guys think got the best of it? What is the uh, the A show 
uh, coming out of this thing, Sheena? I don't know. I mean, SmackDown's looking pretty freaking loaded, dude. I mean, they got Roman, Sammy, Rollins, uh, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, Big E, Aleister Black, Paula Cruz, Otis Murphy, Khalees. I mean, like, the list goes on. I think, I mean, they're freaking awesome. Plus, Bailey, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, um, Street Profits, yeah. Ziggler and Rude. I mean, like, it's it's insane over there. So, I mean, as far as the talent pool, I mean, I think SmackDown, I think SmackDown's got it licked. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, the, the, my two big takeaways from the draft this year is that one, uh, WWE is definitely doubling down on making SmackDown the number one show. You know, we heard that was going to be the case with SmackDown going to Fox. That was definitely, the, uh, um, you know, evident by them putting, you know, like you said, Roman, Seth mm-hmm. and Daniel Bryan all on there. And number two is that they have a tremendous amount of confidence and Drew McIntyre, because uh, regardless of which one they're promoting more, Raw will always be Vince McMahon's baby. Yeah, you know, that's exactly. the one that yep. he's always going to care more about that. And, you know, not to say that the, the cupboard's bare after him, but there's a big drop, a big drop off and established star power on Raw once you get past Drew McIntyre and The Fiend. Um, they, got, and- they got Bobby Lashley. <laughs> uh, don't knock smooth Bobby. <laughs> Shout out to Bobby Lashley though. We we listened to uh the most recent episode of After the Bell of Corey Graves. That was a great interview. And even though uh, you know, K Fabe, I'm not any bigger fan of him. He does seem like a pretty cool guy. Uh he has got a very interesting story. So definitely recommend checking that out if you guys haven't listened yet. But uh but yeah, like I said, draw they, they got a ton of faith in Drew McIntyre that he's gonna be able to carry that show. Yeah. Um yeah. Marco, what do you think? Raw or SmackDown? Oh, definitely SmackDown. I think I said that on a few of the shows. That uh, SmackDown was now the A show. Uh, it's a main show. It's on a network. It's on a mm-hmm. network, so there's more eyeballs on it. Technically, um, Roman's there. Paul Heyman's yeah. there. That that tells you right there that it's the that's the, that it's the A show. I know Raw is the like you said it's Vince McMahon's baby, but if that was the case, Roman would be on Raw and not on SmackDown. So. I'm going with uh, I'm going with SmackDown as the uh, well, I mean, you the notice, show. Um, Raw is as Vin, as Vince's baby, and he's got he's got all the beef the beef over there. You know what I mean? He's got oh uh, yeah, he likes Braun, the Braun Strowman. Yeah. He's got the Fiend, um, Bobby Lashley, <laughs> Kevin Drew Owens. McIntyre. Yeah, yeah no, um, Kevin Owens is on SmackDown. Oh, that's right. He got moved to SmackDown. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's too he's too soft. He you know Vince likes the big he likes the, big the hard muscly. bodies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he likes, he likes, the like, hard he likes the, yeah the hard bodies like the diesel the diesel yeah. dudes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the other big thing we saw this week: the return of Elias, Lars, and Xavier Woods. So, uh, what did you guys think of these? Uh, who, who's got you excited out of these three? Mark, I'll let you. I'll let you lead this one off because I, I have a feeling I'm going to go in a little bit. All right. So, um, I, I was surprised Elias showed up. Um, definitely surprised Lars showed up after all the mm-hmm. stuff that happened over the summer. My favorite return is definitely Xavier Woods. Yeah, um, same. Especially after that tag match on SmackDown. Uh, yeah, he looked great. He was going off. He he didn't look like he had an Achilles um, <laughs> injury yeah. at all. He's just he's flying all over the place. He's He's one of my uh, sleeper guys on uh, on New Day. I know he's like the he's looked at like the third, the third like member of yeah. New Day. So it's Kofi, Biggie, and then and then him. But he's pretty much one of the standout uh, guys in New Day and in the companies. He, he he showed his worth definitely. Even those uh, if you watch any of those like matches with the Usos, 
Oh yeah, he they had, yeah he could he mm-hmm. he's one of the best. Especially yeah, I've I've known him since like TNA as well uh, when he was in Impact too. What was uh, he uh, Consequences Creed right? Yeah, Consequences Creed. Yeah, he's he's he he's amazing. So uh, yeah, I was I was super pumped that he came back. Obviously, Kofi uh, made his return as well after his couple of months off, but um, definitely Xavier uh, took that spot for me with a favor return. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I was super excited about Xavier returning. Um, I was just, I was just gobsmacked. I never thought, I, I didn't think I was going to see Lars Sullivan ever again. I was like, you know, oh man, you know, after this summer, like you said, all the, the <laughs> you know, racist, homophobic stuff. I was just like, okay, cool. Like this guy's gone. Um, and then he just like shows up and you know wreaks havoc on everybody. And I'm like, what? Why? Um, but man, obviously Vince McMahon has some sort of hard on for freaking Lars. I mean, you know, big, big dude, yeah. you know, three, three, he's a 300 pounder. So, you know, big Vince dude, is, geez. yeah, Vince is all about him. And even after all that stuff happened last year, literally all they did was find him and then send him to sensitivity training. You know, like, I, like anybody yeah. else, I feel like they would have just like cut him. And I'm like, what is this? And then he had that anxiety attack before he was supposed to debut, which at the time I felt sorry for him. You know, I was like, oh, man, this is horrible. Like, I can't imagine like having an anxiety attack before you go out, especially because there was like rumors of him facing Cena at Mania. You know, like they had they were going to give him like a, a big, huge push. Um, and then he had, you know, his his mental health problems and stuff. But I, I just thought that was the end of the road for him. And then she, lo and behold, He's back, you know, and I'm not a person. I think everybody deserves a second chance, you know, but I just feel like after something like that, like you need, you need a long time to like, think about <laughs> what you've done yeah. and what you said, and who you are as a person and all that kind of stuff. And I certainly didn't think in this climate, they would trot him back out there um, on, on TV. Marco, what's, what's your thoughts on, uh, on the freak? <laughs> um, yeah. I, when I seen him, I was like, Oh, he's going to send a come out and, just like bury everyone pretty much like any any like any number one contenders any any big name people they're just gonna have him come out and just destroy which is pretty much what they're doing mm-hmm. i'm kind of glad he's on raw because obviously you have like the uh the keith lees of the world down there and um yeah they're probably gonna end up being in a, in a feud or something like that um i don't know he's in he's already in hot water again he's been back what a f- less than a week and he's uh, yeah DMs. he's already sliding in people's dms married women and talking you know well, talking all kind of yeah. nastiness to him well yeah there was the uh the, he had another story over the summer too i'm not sure if you guys remember at all we didn't really we didn't talk about it on the show i think we kept it uh we kept it off the show for certain reasons but um they, oh, now was, you're bringing it to light. What was that? I can't even remember now. They, they, so they found when he, when he was younger. His movie? Yeah, oh, he was yeah, in a movie. Yeah. yeah. So a that, his, format. Yeah, his uh, yeah. adult WWE. film career. Yeah. 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 So, like, that's what that that was my surprise why they, like, that he actually <laughs> showed up. I didn't think they would. I didn't. I thought that that usually buries people. I usually, like, your career is done after, like, especially in the, P, the PG. Yeah. The PG era. They're, they're definitely not going to risk any Google searches where any adult content. My, my thing with yeah. Lars, you know, I could kind of. I could give him a pass for any of the things he's done individually. You know, the remarks, I think, you know, if my memory serves me correctly, I think they were from like maybe 2013 or something Yeah. Um, that he made on some forums. So, you know, hey, people can change over time. You know, I'm not one for crucifying people stuff they did in the past. Sliding into DMs, um, you know, that's something that happens nowadays. And then uh, the video, that that's whatever. But my thing is they have so much talent on that yeah. roster and so much <laughs> talent just cooking down at the Performance Center right now that – you know, I don't know why they even feel the need to risk it with this guy. Exactly. You know, it's exactly. uh, I just don't know why he's worth the risk because the guy's obviously 
a uh, a ticking time bomb. So you know, maybe down at the performance center, maybe he was just really lighting it up, and and, and they think this guy's going to be a huge star someday. I haven't seen it yet that would make it worth the uh, you know worth the risk of giving this guy you know national TV time every single week. Have but, you heard uh, him cut a promo? Did you have you heard his voice? I don't. Yeah, it's, uh, he. I think he did some promos on NXT. I couldn't remember if you were here yeah, when he, he was cutting his promo, and I was like. I mean, it, it just was not what I expected to hear coming out of this big giant's mouth. Yeah, you know? he, yeah, he, uh, he's a unique guy. You know, he's pretty. <laughs> I, you know, I kind of dug him when he first came out in NXT. You know, he ended up having a uh, a uh, takeover match for the championship against Aleister Black. Uh, I thought he, you know, he was a decent, you know, monster type uh, wrestler. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. The reason to give this guy chance after chance after chance, but mm-hmm. clearly they're committed to him. So we'll see if uh, Vince is right on this one. Um, the other big rumored return is Eva Marie. You know, there's been she's been posting tweets over the last couple of months. I think she tried to throw her name in the mix that she was part of. Uh, you know, when Carmella was getting those little vignettes uh, that he, she was the one behind them. What do you guys think about Eva Marie coming back? Uh, exactly what you said about. Lars, I feel that way about Eva Marie. I mean, Eva Marie, I mean, she's got the look. I mean, you cannot deny that Eva Marie is absolutely stunningly beautiful by all drop dead gorgeous. By all social standards, right? <laughs> However, I mean, the the if she can't wrestle, I mean I mean, I don't know what she's been doing in her off time other than burpees and, you know, eating chicken breast. Um, but uh she she can't wrestle. She's not good on the mic. Um, other than being pretty, I don't like. I don't know what she's got to offer the WWE. Um, I mean, maybe that's all it takes. I don't know. I just feel like there's so much women's talent right now that why are we going to throw Eva Marie in the mix? I mean, maybe she come back. She comes back as like a, a valet or a manager or something like that. I could be down with that, but I just can't see her and freaking um, you know Oscar putting on some five-star classic or something, you know? She, uh, she was really good in NXT there at the end of 2015 in that role. Cause it was a small, you know, smaller arena and, and a, a little bit of a smarter audience. They would hit her with the, you can't wrestle chance every time she came out and the heat was just nuclear. And she actually had a really entertaining, uh, NXT women's championship match against Bailey as after she won the battle Royal to be the number one contender. And, they just, you know, they do all the types of shenanigans you could have, you know, ref bumps, um, outside interference, really make you think that Bailey is about to drop uh, the belt to this chick that most of the crowd thought was uh, was just a joke. Um, so I definitely recommend going checking that out if you can see what she's capable of. I, I kind of like her as, a, you know, like a honky-tonk man type heel, somebody that, you know, isn't the most talented or the toughest, but somehow finds a way to keep weaseling out wins, and uh, you know, the crowd just hates him, but... She needs she needs the crowd there. I think she's mm-hmm. she definitely needs a, a crowd there to hate her, or her character just doesn't work. I think it's just going to fall flat if she makes her come back during the uh, while we're still in the pandemic era. Marco, are you a big Eva Marie fan? Um, yeah, I mean, not a big fan, but yeah, definitely a fan. Um, definitely love the gimmick that she had before she left, where um, she wouldn't wrestle. The wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> yeah, there's like different you know, excuses yeah. and stuff like that. When she um, hurt her wrist or her ankle or something like that, like right when she was getting in the ring or something. Yeah, so if they continue that, like and tease that a little bit, that'd be pretty cool if she comes back and does that, but doesn't actually wrestle. Uh, that'd mm-hmm. be pretty funny. Um, but she did also uh, recently um, kind of tease that she was going to be in this uh, the that triple brand uh, rumble that they had on um, on uh, Monday night. The, mm-hmm. for the number one contender, she kind of said like, "Oh, a th- oh, a rumble to to be a number one contender." Like she kind of like um, 
retweeted it and quoted over yeah. it. So she kind of like teased it that way as well. So um, I think it might, I, I think it may happen for sure. Yeah, yeah. With the WWE, I mean, typically where there's smoke, there's fire. You know what I mean? I, if she wasn't interested in coming back, I mean, she's probably got a million other opportunities that she could be, you know, pursuing. So I, I can't imagine that she would be putting her name out there for WWE if she didn't have any intention of coming back or if they hadn't approached her about coming back. Yeah. So time will tell if we actually see her or not. You know, she's definitely a welcome sight on our TVs, if nothing else. So we'll see. But we're now halfway through the Chick Six, which means it's time for our weekly beverage break. So Marco, what are you sipping on uh, this episode? Uh, right now, my uh, my my local brewery that's like literally five minutes from my house, uh, Lord Hobo. It's called uh, Freebird golden ale no uh, it's really good it's i just like it so is, this, uh, is this leonard skinner uh inspired or is this you know michael psa's and uh jumping jimmy <laughs> garvin inspired? I, I, it's probably it, it's probably the uh the former but i like to think of it as the latter inspired <laughs> in my yeah. mind um yeah definitely when i when i drink free bread i'm thinking of uh bad street usa in my mind so nice yeah all right, Sheena, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the Shiner Holiday Cheer um, blend for 2020. It's actually really good. It's like kind of, it's a little bit fruity, um, but not super sweet. It's a, uh, let me see here. It's a wheat wheat beer, and it's got a big, long German name that I don't know how to pronounce, but um, you know how to pronounce that? Dunkelweissen. Dunkelweissen. Easy. Um, easy. Um, but yeah, it's really good. I know it's kind of, um, I posted in the group that it's a little bit sacrilege to, you know, be talking about Christmas before the unholiest of holidays has even taken place. My favorite holiday, Halloween. Um, but I was looking for some fall ales while we were out and about the grocery store the other day and nothing was really catching my eye. And then I saw that Shiner Christmas beer and I was like, Ooh, and it's got like a really pretty like holiday inspired can kind of looks like a Christmas sweater. So I was here for it and it's actually pretty good. So I'm drinking, uh, the unofficial official beer of the Chick-fil-A show Miller Lite. So, uh, for the fine folks at Miller Lite, it's been three weeks now. You guys still uh, got me sitting in the uh, the inbox unread. So I know you guys are just you know getting caught up before uh, before you reply and make us the official show. So anybody mm-hmm. knows anybody Miller Lite, let them know they got a message from us sitting in their inbox. Yeah, speaking of sliding in DMs, <laughs> been sliding in the DMs of the of Miller Lite. We're gonna make it happen. I don't know if that we'll take we'll, we'll take you know some some koozies and, and a set of Miller Lite coasters right now to make it happen. Miller yeah. Lite. So we're you know hook us up. All right, so let's go to the top half. This is probably the biggest story of the weekend uh, in, in wrestling. The New Day is officially split up. So, uh, but, you know, before we start the Memorial Fund, we will we'll mention that they've always played fast and loose with uh, these brand split rules. So even though Kofi and Xavier are on Raw as the Raw Tag Team champs and Big E's left on SmackDown, you know, this thing could get washed away and we could see them all back together in a couple weeks if, uh, you know, if merch, sales, if merch sales start to fall or anything like that. But... Uh, for now, it does appear that the New Day is split up. So these guys formed in the middle of 2014. So they basically had a six-year run where not only did they never break up, which is mm-hmm. unusual for any tag team, especially tag teams nowadays, they never really had any kind of dissension in the ranks. You know, These guys were always on the same page, whether it was breaking records as tag team champs or Kofi making a run as a world champ, you know, and like you said, uh, Kofi and Xavier both came back. They had an instant shot at the tag belts and won it. So it was looking like another awesome night for the new day. This was after Big E won an absolute war against Sheamus in their match. Um, and then Steph comes out and, uh, you know, basically splits up, splits up the squad. So 
if this is it for the new day, let's take a moment and just reflect on uh, you know where these guys are in the pantheon of, of wrestling tag teams and factions. And and Marco, what's uh, you know what's maybe one or two of your favorite new day memories? Um, they're they're definitely going to be in like one of the greatest uh, tag teams or greatest factions in mm-hmm. uh, in wrestling history. Definitely, especially with their their reign as a uh, uh, tag team champions that they had. Um, was it four nineteen? Four hundred nineteen days as uh yeah champions. Yeah, demolitions so, record. Yep. So uh, yeah, they even they had that commemorative bell too on WWE shop. Um, yep. The New Day inspired one, but yeah, um, yeah, pretty pretty upset about them uh, breaking breaking up the uh, bringing up the squad. Um, I am glad that they're still doing the podcast because that podcast is probably one of the best podcasts out there. Uh, those dudes are funny as hell together. It's just as it's be like if you were just hanging out with them and they're talking their their stuff it's it it's really good but um um so my there's so many uh good memories and definitely there love are. the uh <laughs> definitely love the not a non-wrestling one but definitely love the uh the battle rap that they had uh with uh the usos oh the usos yeah that was awesome moderator yeah um and then uh the, obviously the i mean the big the big moment for me i think like the, obviously their reign was great the the, the tag team title ring, but that whole run with Kofi um, and, and uh, just the, they all came together as a team. They were all separate, but they definitely came together as a team to help Kofi get that title. Because if you remember, yeah. Kofi had to go through his, his gauntlet matches pretty much every week. Uh, he's oh, wrestling yeah, like an hour, right. yeah, yeah. literally <laughs> every single week up until WrestleMania. Yeah. And then they I were, remember they did the, yeah, the tag yeah, team gauntlet yeah, match were, to get him a yeah, shot. Yep. They were thrown into a, a gauntlet match. Um, to get uh to to get Kofi that shot. So um, even though they were separate and Kofi was they weren't really separate, but like uh, Kofi was going on kind of like a singles run. They were still a team, and um and just that whole those whole months leading up to WrestleMania and the and the camaraderie that they had together. Yeah, that was um, awesome. It was it was just yeah, that's that's like picture perfect. If you if you're gonna end a uh, a team in that sense, I mean they they came together as a, as a squad and made something happen, made something significant happen. Probably like one of a lot of people say it's like one of the best, if not the best, like WrestleMania moments in recent memory. Um, them sitting on, uh, Kofi sitting on I their shoulders. I think it's one of the best of all time, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, they, like you said, when you think of those things and like, and then, and then you see the looks on their faces when they, when Stephanie did announce that, like, it was just like, sometimes they don't tell, uh, if you, if you ever listen to any of those 80, 83 weeks, yeah. like, um, something wrestles they don't tell them about the draft like what's going to happen like they don't well did so you like, see the clips from talking smack like uh, where, no, where yeah. biggie yes. e, e was kind of like he he kind of like said something he was kind of being a little snarky about it he said yeah nothing sometimes we should know by now as long as you've been in the company he was talking to sammy zang he should know as long as he's been in the company that uh wwe does stuff that doesn't make sense and i guess he was kind of looking all salty and stuff you know like during the whole like talking smack interview and stuff so yeah, yeah he, he may not have known that that was going to happen because i think he was he's yeah. a little caught off guard obviously I, I you got you guys know i can easily get worked so maybe i was getting worked but uh yeah, you know, he, yeah. The only it, thing it looked could, a little, it looked legit. Yeah, the only thing I could think of is uh, they're really gonna put the strap, uh, they're gonna put the rocket to his back, and uh, and push him as a as a single star. And obviously, everyone wanted to see Big E as a single. Star. That was like the big thing for like, a long time. Uh, everyone, Even we want to see Kofi, Big E. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We want to see Big E as a single. Star. And now it's happening. And and it, I think it's just the way that it happened. Um, you wanted to see like an organic like split between them, like you know, like dissension in the ranks and. You know that that type of thing, not just like a, a draft 
where they get split up. That's kind of like, I mean, that's a safe way of doing it. Obviously yeah. you don't want them breaking up and like fighting each other and having all these crazy matches and stuff like that. But I mean, he's, he's going solo and I mean, it, it can yeah. only be like, he could be Royal rumble bound. He could win the rumble. Have that a title cool. shot. Yeah. Yeah. Biggie, Biggie and Roman would be an awesome match too. Yeah. Like build the ultimate baby face against the ultimate heel. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it looks kind of, it kind of looks like it's in the works almost. And obviously you'll have the new day, uh, on his side. If it, if it does happen at WrestleMania, uh, if he does win Royal rumble and you know, they'll come out and celebrate with them and they'll do the same thing at WrestleMania. So, and they're in a Thunderdome. They're not really separate. Um, <laughs> it's all one, it's True. all one place. So they are definitely seeing each other, obviously, but you know, it does, it does sync up. The only thing I'm really looking forward to is like entrance music. If it's going to change and if it's look is going to change at yeah, all. That's the other thing. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't even think about that. If he's going to keep the new day music, they may, they, you know, they could do like how, you know, when the shield split, Roman kept the same look and music and everything, or yeah. maybe they will differentiate him a little bit. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting, uh, to see where they go from here. Uh, you know, for me, it's just, uh, when I think of the new day, so we went to WrestleMania 31 back in 2015, and this is about four or five months after the new day kind of formed up. They were still on their initial run as being baby faces and just doing the power of positivity, like kind of, kind of gospel uh, style gimmick that they had running. And um, it was just not over at all. It had fallen flat. It looked like it was destined to go in the garbage heap of, of failed gimmicks in WWE history. Um, and, you know, WrestleMania always gets kind of like the the smarkiest of smart audiences all year long. And I remember that whole weekend at WrestleCon and Access, it was just kind of like the thing to do. If it was like a quiet moment, somebody would hit, a, you know, the new day just to be a smart ass and get everybody laughing and everything. Um when they did the when they were trying to get the New Day rocks chant over at WrestleMania, everybody was saying New Day sucks. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was just it was horrible. I mean, that was just like the running joke of uh, of the week was how horrible uh, New Day was. So it was really crazy because it seemed like it was kind of right after WrestleMania when they really started to just kind of do almost like the Rock did and just embrace the hate and start to lean into it and uh, start being heelish. And then you know before you knew it, they were heels, and then they were so good that the fans started to love them again. Uh, which is how it typically goes. Um, and my, my big complaint, because I, I legit had, you know, a, a visceral emotional response when it went down on Friday night, because, you know, this is an all timer of a uh, of a faction. I don't even call them a tag team anymore. I put these guys up there with, you know, with the NWO, the Shield, yeah. the Four Horsemen. They're on that level to me. They've transcended just being a tag team. And, uh, you know, if I can break kayfabe for a moment, you guys know I'm the king of kayfabe. Um, but yeah. if I could break kayfabe for a moment, I just want to see if the New Day is going to split up. Let's have it be as a part of some kind of feud or some kind of storyline. You know exactly. what I mean? Let let Kofi, you know, we know Kofi's world championship run did not end on a good note. Let him be a little bit jealous of Big E. You know what I mean? But, yeah. You know, why, why should Kofi be so happy? Kofi never got to finish out his singles run. Why should he be, you know, supporting uh, you know, supporting Big E starting off his? You know, when Kofi never got to finish his story yet, so. That was my big complaint. I kind of just wouldn't want to see something more meaningful than the freaking draft, which I already didn't like, you know. But um, I'm with you, Marco. I think the sky's the limit for Big E. The sky's the limit for all three of those guys. I can see any of them. Uh, yeah, I think I think Xavier Woods would probably need to be a heel just based off his size. I can see him, though, but I could totally see him being a heel as a main eventer. Um, but for Kofi and Big E, either one of those guys, they're WrestleMania main eventers to me. And if Big E and Roman is the direction they want to go this year, um, I'm here for it. You know, I'll be tuned in and at the edge of my seat watching those guys uh, tear the house down. Um, but 
We'll move on to our number two story. It's something that we've kind of had a, a little bit of a laugh about the last few weeks is what's been happening to Lana. Um, she won the number one contender battle Royal. And it's interesting because basically ever since, uh, you know, uh, the artist formerly known as Rusev, uh, Lana's husband, Miro went on AEW and talked a little bit of trash, uh, at Vince McMahon. Um, Lana's been going through tables. It seems like damn near every week on raw, she's been getting put through tables. And, but sure enough, now she's lined up for this match with Oscar. So my question to you, um, Marco is after Vince McMahon, you know, I think he's personally going to go and give Oscar the pep talk for this match. What kind of ass kicking is Lana in store for when she gets her championship opportunity against Oscar? Oh man, it, it, it's going to be a bad one. I think <laughs> definitely going to be bad. Um, Oscar's, pretty dangerous as it is obviously she's uh, kind of like a face right now but she's still asking she's, she's she's still dangerous in the ring um yeah she's gonna obviously kick the crap out of lana and um she's probably definitely gonna go through one of the announced tables uh they might make it a tables match who knows they might on the fly yeah. go and now it's a, <laughs> a women's championship table match um she <laughs> go through all the tables but um i mean i, I was kind of shocked that she won um and i mean it, I mean, it, it kind of like throws it back to us. It throws it back at us saying like, oh, we thought, you know, obviously because Rusev is on AEW and um, she's going to throw through tables because of it. Um, they, I mean, they gave her a number one contender shot. It's either, I mean, they're really going to probably push her or they're maybe looking to embarrass her some more. <laughs> That's the only other yeah. uh, uh, option that I can think of. But um, the, I mean... I think I look at it as, you know, she's, she, it's the, uh, you know, the Roman Coliseum and she's just being started up to the lion right now. She's yeah. getting thrown out in front of the crowd. Vince McMahon is going to be up there giving the big thumbs down and Oscar is going to go in. So yeah. it, it could get ugly. You know, I, I want to see the green mist. I want to see the roundhouse kicks. I want to see the Oscar lock. Um, I, I'm just ready to see how, uh, how vicious it can get. Yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to get brutal, especially if, uh, Lana does something to, you know, piss her off she's definitely gonna turn into evil ask and yeah do some damage yeah all right and last but not least raw underground has gone mia it really it's legit gone underground we haven't seen it for is it three weeks now since we've seen raw underground i think so yeah this is the third week. yeah with with not even you know barely a mention uh, marco you kind of teased us uh before the show that you got a theory on on why this is gone let's let's hear it man yeah, so all right, so Raw Underground. So so I've been reading up on like the origins of it and where and where it's supposed to be. Um so was it supposed to be on Raw? Um I'm not sure if you read this. It was supposed to be uh NXT. Did you know that? Okay. Um, nah, you, nah. so, you, so they were so they're rebuilding the performance center um as a capital uh wrestling um right. so like and it, if you if you see the arena and how it looks um, you notice like the the chain lane fences and yeah, all that it's setup. dark, a little bit yeah. smoky, shadowy in there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that's where Raw Underground was supposed to be. That was like its origin. Uh. That's where they're gonna. It was gonna like cut to the performance center. Hey, oh, like kind of like, hey, we're gonna cut in and go to the Raw Underground, not in the same building, not at the Thunderdome. Right. It's gonna be in a different location. Kind, it kind of okay. makes sense. It's an underground thing that's happening. Um, yeah, not why happening would it just be the, backstage? Yeah, why would it be backstage at the Thunderdome? It's at some undisclosed location that you never right. heard of before. So that was okay. the origins of it. Um, even the ring was going to be the same with the ringless, I mean, the ropeless ring and all that stuff. So my theory is this. Have you ever heard of Josh Bartnett's uh, Bloodsport? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, Mox actually wrestled a match there a couple yep. weeks ago. Have you seen it? 
Have you seen yeah, the yeah. dead? I, I, so I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've seen pictures and I've seen a few like you know highlight reels and stuff from there. Yeah, so um, he it was that was a recent one, right? Um, the timing is kind of weird for that. Not not really weird. It's actually like the timing was perfect. It's like the blood sport uh, event happened, right? Um, and then like raw under actually before it actually happened, raw underground disappeared. Then the event happened. My theory is I think WWE did not know that such sport existed and it looked exactly the same <laughs> or they did know and they were just blatantly copying it because it, ex- it looks exactly like the blood sport. Yeah, okay. it definitely exactly. does. It's, like the ring. It seemed like the vibe they were going for too was like, because all the matches were like kind of like a, you know, a work shoot MMA yeah. style kind it's of fighting. Legit, like from top to bottom, the same exact thing. And the only thing they didn't have was the people surrounding the ring and yeah. there were people sitting in, in the seats. Um, so I'm thinking it was like a, you know, like a kind of like a cease and desist type of thing. Like, Hey, I, we have this over uh, here. You can't, interesting. You can't do this. It was one of the things where WWE didn't really have a, like the leg, a leg to stand on. Like we started yeah. this first type of thing. It was like, no, I, I've been doing these, these blood sport events for a few years now. Stop this from happening. Or we're basically going to sue you or just let us be a part of it. <laughs> put us in, yeah. put a, give us a partnership and we'll, we'll show up. Josh Barnett will show up to one of the raw undergrounds or something like that. But uh, that's, that's my theory anyway, that, that they got, they caught wind of the, uh, the actual, the real raw underground and uh, they had to stop doing it until they work out something else. But the original story was they were supposed to be in NXT and that's why NXT looks the way it does with the chain link fences and, and it looks dark and gloomy and all that stuff. Cause that was the original setting for the raw underground. But yeah, that's nice. my theory is um, okay. it was basically just, they just got told to stop doing it or we're going to sue. That type well, of thing. Raw, <laughs> raw under, yeah, raw underground's loss is definitely NXT's uh, gain because the, the new look at NXT is awesome. So yeah. that's going to put a bow on Chick Six for this week. Let's move on to everybody's favorite segment of the show. Go figure. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. All right, Go Figure is where we talk about the latest in wrestling figure news, and we go over our weekly purchases. Um, this segment is sponsored by our good friends at Ringside Collectibles. Sheena, tell them how to get 10% off at Ringside again. Use code Chick Foley always. Always, always, always. Use code Chick Foley for 10% off. Uh, Ringside is definitely the best spot to get your figures. You know, you see uh, other stores pop up here and there. Uh, you know, the claim they're going to have an edge, but they just don't. Ringside, they've been uh, killing the game for, you know, damn near 25 years now. Day one-ish. Yeah, they get you your figures. Uh, you're going to get them first, and uh, they're going to take care of you. All right, so Marco, uh, let's. what do we got this week for figure news? So uh, just talk, it was pretty pretty eventful weekend for uh, for figure news. Definitely was. Um, but, yeah, so we to start it off um, for all our uh, Funko collectors out there. Um, some new Funkos are uh, popping up. No pun intended. Um, because it's Funko Pop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got it. We got it, Marco. We got it. I was just, I was just explaining just in case someone didn't get it out there. So. But uh, no, I'm joking. Uh, but yeah, so we have uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, with the belt. I'm hoping it's a smoking skull belt. I was just about to say, if, it, if it's not the smoking skull belt, we're sending it back. Yeah, it'd be pretty uh, sick. Uh, China. China Pop. That's, That's pretty awesome. awesome. Um, 
So uh, please yeah, let that, it be DX China. I, I don't want WrestleMania 17, you know, Wonder Woman looking China. I want yeah, I want no. the DX, you know, black leather and chains. Yeah, original China. You're into yeah, that sort of thing. If it's China, yes. <laughs> black leather. <and> China. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yes. <laughs> so next we have. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of curious at this one. The uh, it's called Pop Moment with Rock Austin. So I'm assuming it's going to be something to do with their uh, WrestleMania um, appearances. Uh, so oh, yeah, I'm, in my mind, I'm I'm thinking it's got to be uh, like you know just their attire from WrestleMania 17. But my my dream would be the beer truck. You know what I mean? Give me Austin oh, holding up the, the hose, awesome. and give me the rock, and you know the track pants and the shirt. You know, soaked in beer. Yeah, uh, the Funko is pretty creative. So you know, I'm gonna have my hopes up that they do something cool with these. Yeah, it'd be pretty. I mean, it's kind of this one's kind of like Stone Cold heavy, so. Um, something might be uh, something might be brewing with Stone Cold. You might be making an appearance at some point. I'm never ever going to complain about more Stone Cold Steve <laughs> yeah, Austin. Um, so we have uh, also Drew McIntyre uh, getting a Funko uh, Edge. Hopefully, it's the uh, returning Royal Rumble Edge. That'd be pretty That'd be cool. cool. Yeah. Um, and then Otis with the Money in the Bank briefcase. That's awesome. This would be um, the uh, first time we've had a pop with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's that's. I mean, all the Funko. I know you guys have been like. You know, selling a lot of your collection. Are you guys still, you guys looking into these or? Oh yeah, like oh, yeah, the, yeah. yeah. The mm-hmm. stuff we're selling is like the duplicates and stuff. You know, we got to. If we're not selling it because we're wanting to, you know, be any less in the, the collector game, but it's just yeah. I, we get we hit eight hundred figures. You know, humble brag. And it, at a certain point, I'm like, do I really need a dozen uh, different Alexa blisses? You know, what yeah, I mean, do I exactly. do I need do I need nineteen different Triple H's? So yeah. that's really what we're doing. We it, uh, same thing with the pops. You know, we definitely want to have one of at least every character. So mm-hmm. so China, Drew, Edge, and Otis. Those will be automatic ads, and yeah, we'll take a look at the the new Rock and the new Austins and see if they need to get added or not. So. That's really it on the collecting front, but yeah, I'm definitely excited for these. But like we said, Funko always does a great job with their pops. I, I wish we had enough space because we used to have an awesome, just kind of a yeah. eclectic collection of uh, pops. You know, just a little bit here and there from all different brands. But if you're into them, it's just impossible to pick and choose which yeah. ones to get. So I had we, to get out. I was pretty heavy in the pop game there for a while, and then it just it. And I was in the pop game early. Like I, I remember getting pops before they were like a heart, like like they are today, where yeah. you can just literally find them in every well, single you had, store. Like the Big Bang Theory was the, the first yeah, ones, Big Bang right? Theory were the first pops that I had. Yeah, I had a Sheldon Pop was my very first one. This was in like 2012 before they were even really a thing at all. Mm-hmm. So. And so um, yeah, I, I was a I was a pretty heavy pop collector, and then it just exploded. And and I have such a, a wide interest net you know so like i love everything i like you know game of thrones star wars you know tons of different tv shows and movies yeah. and when they just started getting all the licenses i was like there's no way that i can keep up especially you know Funko all the- stays on their grind i don't know how oh, yeah to me it's surprising how they even make a profit with how much money they got to be spending in licensing fees yeah. and they're selling these things for basically 10 bucks a piece so yeah it's insane. it makes yeah. you wonder how much they even cost to produce i mean it's got to be it's got to be so small for them to like turn the profit that they have for them to produce these things but yeah it was insane so yeah i i we had a huge yard sale before we left hawaii and i sold a ton of my pops and stuff like that um because again it's just about space and i knew i couldn't keep up so it was just kind of like daunting and i really wanted to hone in on the collections that i did have which was like my neck of horror um and then now we've opened up the the turtle 
box and yeah. man. So yeah, we, we really, you know, you got to kind of like narrow things down as you start to open up to different, different collections, like those new back to the futures, like it's taken everything uh, I can not to get those NECA back yeah. to the future figures. Cause they're so sick, man. But it's just like, it, again, it's like, once you scratch that figure itch, it's like, Oh, they're going to come out with like the whole, the whole line. You're going to have to have them all, you know, these Funkos yeah. aren't saying the cool. I go, anytime we go to target, I go and look at the, uh, the Funko section and there's just there's so much stuff I'd love to have just to you know ha- have them sitting on my shelf we got uh our good friend uh Jordan Wells member of the the Foley fam and the Patreon he's actually uh coming and visiting us Survivor Series weekend from from Nebraska he's I think he has like 1200 Funkos so in his collection so maybe wow. we can get him on for a uh, a little bonus pod and just discuss how he goes about even managing that kind of a collection and how he decides what to even buy and what not to buy uh, when you get a collection like that built up. But, you know, I love these things. I've heard some, you know, a few people trying to hate on Funko saying that they think they're going to be like the modern day Beanie Babies. I don't see it because of the licensing. The thing with Beanie Babies, earlier back in the 90s, those were really popular and going for crazy prices. Like they were one of the original like eBay, like hype beast mm-hmm. items, you know, going for three, 400 bucks, these things. But they were really based off the scarcity. You know, it was just that, you know, they were just, you know, these cute little toys that only so many were made. But there's really no emotional connection once once it wears off because it would just be, you know, whatever, Larry the Lion or something. They weren't actual characters that you had movies or TV shows that you really connected with. So I, I think Funko is going to be around for a little bit, and especially some of the more rare ones. I think, uh, they could really be worth something someday if you guys so you guys are out there keep those things moc you know i, I think they're gonna be worth something we saw uh the i don't know if you guys are keeping up saw this or not but our friend uh, jeremy padauer who we're going to talk about here in a little bit he was posting about some of the series one pokemon cards from uh back in the late 90s some of those were going for like eighty thousand bucks at auction Holy over the weekend crap. Right? so that's insane yeah isn't that crazy yeah so hang on to some of this stuff you know when i saw that number it really made me start thinking about like, you know, because I always kind of thought like if, you know, once my son, Brett, once he's kind of old enough and my daughter, Stella, when they're old enough to really kind of decide on their own what they're into, if they're not into like action figures and stuff, like I kind of always imagine myself just really liquidating the whole collection and selling everything. Um, but now after seeing that, I think I'm going to sit on my, my figures for for a while and just see what the market does here in, in a couple of decades. But but yeah, I think it was a. uh like a, a Charizard or whatever uh, went for like eighty thousand bucks, man. It's it's really insane. Uh, so yeah, sit on these Funkos, especially if you guys got some of the Chase ones, some of those Freddy Funkos, rare ones. Hang on to them. But we'll get back to wrestling figures. Enough with my uh, with my <laughs> Funko. Uh, <laughs> See, I'm telling you, hey, you, 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 get, you get on Funko rabbit holes, man, and collecting and talking about them. They just they just drag you down, man. What else we got, Marco? Tell us about Legend Series 8. Yeah, so uh, Legend Series 8 showing up in Target stores. Uh, just perusing through our, uh, you know, our, our group there. You can see just people just, you know, picking up Warriors and and, uh, and Jake the Snakes and Eddies and all that yeah. stuff. So makes me a little jealous because nothing ever drops over here in Mass. Um, and if it does, it takes like months for it to actually show up. Um, but yeah, uh, it's... It's definitely, uh, definitely something I'm looking forward to. I'm not really a completionist, but I would definitely probably pick up this whole set if I could find it because um, it, it just has something, I don't know, really significant about this set for some reason. Not just because the Warriors in it, but just like the collection of uh, of figures that's that's in it. Uh, just mm-hmm. something like something grabs me. I'm not sure what it is, but um, I would definitely pick up this whole set if I was if I was to uh, just grab one. I'd definitely have to grab the rest of them. Yeah, it's a great think? set. I uh, 
I've seen the the shippers, the big cardboard displays showing up at some targets um, around the country that are getting, you know, like five cases of these things, and they look great. I'd love to, if I was an MOC collector, I'd love to have that shipper and bring it home and just set a bunch of my uh, MOC yeah. figures in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, great set. I love having the Legend series back. I just, I love yeah. the Legends, you know. As much as I love the modern day roster, um, at least in figure form, nothing gets me hyped more than the old school guys. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, the uh, that warrior figure's a stunner. You know, you'd think with all the colorful warrior attire, you, you wouldn't want to waste one on him in you know regular clothes. But the warrior figure just really looks incredible. Um, Eddie figure looks great. I was really more of a WCW Eddie fan than I was like you know Latino Heat uh, in his later years. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I don't know about that one. Um, I don't know if that one's going to go in our collection or not, but the, the Jake, the snakes, both, both of them, the Paul Warndorf and the warrior, are both outstanding. And yeah. um, just, I really hope legends keeps going for a long time. Yeah. No, no, same here. Definitely. Um, I'm actually kind of interested. Uh, we'll talk about it later about the next, uh, legend series that's coming out. Um, it's a pretty interesting mix of, uh, of uh, guys from back in the day, but uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. I think Sting's uh, back on a uh, Legends deal, so hopefully we get that uh, the, the debut Crow Sting figure yeah. released. It was supposed to be in Legends Series 7, but a little contract, Snafu got it held up, so hopefully he gets added back into the line here yeah. uh, shortly because there's Sting stuff on WWE Legends Shop now. Yeah, maybe in uh, Series 10 they'll do yep. it, hopefully, yeah. um, and that'll definitely be a pickup as well. Um, so we spoke about this earlier. There were some uh, images of uh, Unrivaled Series 2. Yeah. Um, with uh, featuring MJF, uh, his chase as well. Uh, so he has two figures. Uh, one with the, uh, what's it called? The It's like that the ring. I forget the name of the ring. Yeah, um, whatever the AEW ring yeah, was called. AEW I, ring, I forgot yeah. what it was called also. But yeah, yeah so that's the chase. Comes with the ring. Yeah, uh, Ray Phoenix as well. Uh, Hangman, uh, as well as Dustin Rhodes. Uh, he sh- uh, there was photos shown of his. Uh, so what do you guys? I mean, it's it's already up on uh, ringside. Definitely use Code Chick Foley uh, if you haven't pre-ordered it yet. Uh, what do you guys think of this uh, series so far? They they look great. The Dustin Rhodes is a real stunner. Uh, the Hangman's cool. It sucks that Hangman switched his gear up because I really dig Hangman in the uh, the long pants with the the Diesel slash Kevin Nash style fringe mm-hmm. yeah. on the legs. I like yeah, that awesome. little bit in the trunks. Um, our buddy Mad Reaper, uh, the best figure customizer in the game, he he made us an elite Hangman page a couple years ago that looks basically identical to this one, uh, the one that um, AEW's coming out with. And it, you know, at least for Series One, um, the figures that the Hang uh, that the Mad Reaper made of us of the elite, they kind of beat out uh, AEW's, which makes sense because Mad Reaper is again, you know, he's one of the Small best, batch. yeah, he's oh, yeah. the best figure maker in the world. Um, and he's, uh, you know, he's making, you know, a handful of these guys that are mass producing them. Uh, but so, I, you know, uh, the hangman's a little bit underwhelming just because I already have one and because he just switched up his gear, but, uh, they look great. Uh, the thing I was excited about was, uh, you know, I followed Jeremy on Twitter and he said that they're really focused on going deep on the roster and starting next year, they want to have a new series in stores every single month so i love yeah. that for a couple of reasons one i really love getting into the obscure figures you know what i mean as much as you love having amazing figures of your main event guys i really feel like it's those cool figures of you know from Mark when we were stuff. kids yeah guys you yeah, know Mark guys like the mountain um the hasbro of the virgil and ring gear stuff like that that's what really builds yeah. out your collection and adds character to it you know um the stuff mattel did with making like um, Isaac Yankum, guys like that. That really yeah, adds, master. yeah, the Shockmaster. Shock that really master. adds a lot of uh, life and character to your collection. The other cool thing is that there's a series coming out every month. I think that's going to make 
uh, production numbers a little bit less, and it's going to really bring the thrill of the chase back. You know, um, yeah, you're gonna, people are going to be hitting their WalMarts, uh, you know, basically every single week to see what's on the peg. So hopefully they can come through and deliver on that a new series every month. That'd be awesome. I'd be down for it. Um, but um, it's just awesome having this line. Hopefully it's successful enough that we can get a little AEW Legends line going and maybe we can get figures of some of those guys that uh, WWE has neglected over the last few years. Well, and I think, too, like having a, a new series every month, it's going to give people the opportunity that missed out on this initial run to get some of the key players. Because if they're putting it out every month, they're, they're going to re-release some of like the main the main guys. You know, we're going to get another set of bucks. We're going to get another Cody. We're going to get, you know... Um, another another brandy for that matter and i think it's just going to really help people um you know get those figures that they miss out on early on it's going to be great for the figure game overall you know because yeah you're going to hit walmart every single week looking for the new aw figures but then hey you see this new uh you know, Master of the Universe figure that you hadn't seen before that you decided to grab, or you see this figure from a couple of elite uh, elite series back that you missed out on that's suddenly on the pegs and you grab it. So it's a win-win for figure collectors. The more, the better. Yeah, exactly. I definitely agree with all those statements. Um, so moving on, um, something we don't talk about a lot um, is uh, the Legends of Lucha Libre. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're coming out with some figures as well. Uh, the Fanaticos. Uh, so they uh, revealed images of Ray Phoenix, uh, Taya Valkyrie, uh, Penta, and Juventud Guerrero. Um, did you guys see the uh, these uh, I, images I as did. well? Yes. I did. Yes. Yeah, I, I have the. Uh, I think they're called like the collector's edition of Ray Phoenix and Penta pre-ordered. Yeah. It seems like these these are going to be basically like the like their version of like a basic line. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So they, they look pretty good. I definitely won't be adding them to the collection just because I'm kind of. Uh, a sucker for the uh you know the elites and stuff but uh again going back to my earlier point the more the merrier and hope, hopefully this is successful so they can get these collector's editions pumped out you know hopefully we see those before the end of the year also because I, I got you know pre-order money tied up in those guys yeah here's a uh, the cool thing about it is like with like ray phoenix um and and penta they're like they're all in these different like lines and stuff like that mm-hmm. um Good and bad, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> is is that a thing that like all the AEW guys are going to be able to do? Is it's like, what if some another company wants to make like a figure of like Cody or or something like that? Kind of like how the Turtles have like like multiple like licensing deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, that it's can be kind of scary. Go, uh, <laughs> I think it's going to go wrestler to wrestler. You know, I think some yeah. of these guys are on AEW exclusive deals, but. Yeah, like I said, Mox was just on Bloodsport last week. I, you know, he's still going to be in New Japan. I think isn't Mox? Isn't he still the United States champ for New Japan right now? Yeah, so he can have a Super Seven. Yeah, figure. exactly. So he could be. <laughs> at, yeah, he could be at New Japan also. Um, yeah, so the, the AEW is definitely a little bit more fast and loose in how they've done their contracts. Because I know, I know Penta and Phoenix still got a presence down in AAA in Mexico. So you never know. We may be getting a, a Matt Cardona AEW figure, and then yeah, he's got his exactly. like Super Seven figures. So I think yeah. it's just going to vary from uh, from wrestler to wrestler. So uh, who you know, I think Conan is in the next series for the collector's edition of these guys. I'd love to see a Hooventude uh, collector's figure, but. But yeah. again, they look great so far. We'll see how they feel in hand. I saw the the prototypes of uh, Phoenix and Penta. Um, they had them posed next to it, an elite Kurt Angle. The scale looked good. Uh, the figures look great. The colors pop. But you know, eventually these companies got to get figures in hand. You know, mm-hmm. I, I pre-ordered uh, yeah. the New, New Japan, Japan Series One last yeah, November. Man. You know, and they're delayed till twenty twenty one now. I got Series Two pre-ordered also. So between the two series, the Super Seven New Japan, I got. Um, 
you know, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, figures pre-ordered, and the Ray Phoenix and Penta. Um, I, I'm putting my faith in these companies that are going to be able to deliver these figures. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. You know, ho- hopefully by you know by this time next year, I got at least half of these figures. It in feels hand. like some sort of like Kickstarter campaign. It's just like, oh God, <laughs> I hope they deliver and give us the product <laughs> they promised. Yeah. You know, true, true. Yeah. Um, uh, so speaking of Series 8, we'll move on to uh, Legend Series 9. Uh, images were revealed of uh, Undertaker uh, in his purple uh, in his purple gear. Um, Nikolai Volkov uh, and uh, two uh, Ted DiBiase figures. Uh, one in the gray uh, suit, money suit, mm-hmm. and the black money suit. Um, I think this is kind of a weird, uh, <laughs> like a, a weird mix of guys, but... That could yeah. just be, I think it's a Volkov. I think it's throwing me off a little bit um, where like, you know, Ted DiBiase was kind of the guy that brought in Undertaker too, which is kind of, I mean, not obviously not the purple Undertaker, but when he first came in, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What do you guys, what do you guys think of these? Uh, the, the the purple one was awesome. That's, I mean, they all look great. I'm not going to say yeah. they don't look great. Um, I, I love the Undertaker. Yeah, we yeah. already had the Purple Undertaker from Elite 23. I think it was the first time that one came out. And then that figure also released in uh, like the Lost Legends set. Um, yeah. So yep. I don't know if I'd be upgrading. I really kind of like the one from Elite 23. This one looked like it had a little bit of a tan almost. I think whereas Elite 23, um, you know, he had the classic pale Undertaker skin. This one is going to come, uh, action figure attack city, he's going to come with a soft goods coat. The one with Elite 23 came with the the Poly Pocket style hard shell, but it did have the Phantom yeah. mask. So that probably won't have to see in person. I was really hoping that for because I'd heard rumors this was going to be the figure that got released. I was hoping that they'd go with like the Drew McIntyre style head scan um, from his most recent ones, where the hair is like completely covering the face. Because mm-hmm. that's yeah. how we saw Undertaker a lot back in those days. Yep, whereas yep. this one, they went with more of like a like a Bret Hart Thanks. style with just a few uh, yeah. few little strands. Um, but a great figure, you know, that Elite 23 Undertaker, that's definitely probably my top 10 love, favorite love, Elites. Love that was one of the first yeah. ones. That was actually one of the first Elites that I got when I was getting my Elite collection going. So definitely love that figure. Um, the DiBiase and the Silver is incredible. Uh, that that figure just looks amazing. I got the, for the one with the black suit, I kind of have something similar to that already because the Hall of Fame DiBiase that came out a few years ago, I took the entrance grate uh, back in the the old entrance grate line. They had a DiBiase with a soft, soft goods, goods suit, yeah. and so I took that suit and put it on my elite. So definitely going to need the silver suit. Probably going to pass on the black one. Um, and same thing with the Volkov. I have Legends uh, uh, Nikolai Volkov. I'll probably just hold that one and not bother going through the trouble of trying to track down this one. But glad to see these guys get get figures. You know that that Nikolai Volkov especially goes for pretty big money on the uh, secondary market because i that was uh it was, he was in a two-pack it was him and iron Sheik. so interestingly enough this is going to be nikolai volkov's first ever solo release in the elite line um yeah. uh but yeah so again like i said love the legends line hopefully this thing keeps going those are some awesome figures and I, i'm cool with it i've heard a lot of you know some collectors really hate on the the re-releases I'm cool with it though because you know it sucks if there's somebody that you really need to have for your collection and your only option is yeah. spending 200 bucks for a figure that you know, nine or ten years old, you don't know what kind of shape it's going to be in. So I'm always a fan if people get another uh, chance to get these guys. True, I think the difference with us and a lot of collectors though is like we don't buy with the intention to resell. You mm-hmm. know, I think a lot of, a lot of collectors are really buying to sit on it and hope that the value goes up and then unload them one day. And even though we're selling figures, like when we purchase those figures, we never like intended to resell them and like make a profit off of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we're buying them strictly for the enjoyment of having them and. Yeah. Taking pictures of 
pictures and just, you know, playing with them quite, quite frankly. Yeah. So I think that's the difference is like, you know, we don't care that they're re-releasing, but obviously those people who it's driving their, their profit margins down, um, which, you know, again, I mean, it is what it is. That's just the, that's just the nature of collecting. Um, those people care a lot more, but I, I, I just like, I'm all about, you know, altruism in the, um, in the collector community, I want everything for the greater good. Like, yes, if you don't have a Nikolai Volkov in your collection, like I'm stoked that you're going to get the chance to get one without having to pay that freaking crazy markup. I totally agree with that. Definitely. Um, so we got to see what this, this guy's one of my favorite wrestlers uh, going right now. Elite series 84 Shinsuke Nakamura images um, with the um, uh, black and blue uh, get up that he had. As well yeah. as the the new uh, intercontinental title, um, he actually retweeted the the picture that they that they posted of his of his figure of he retweeted with the same picture of of him wearing that getup and it's oh uh, that's cool it, it's like it looks exact it's exactly like it um, so they did really did it looks like they really did a good job with that with that figure um, like I said I'm a, I'm a fan of Shinsuke Nakamura so I'm definitely gonna pick this up definitely and it and it has the new uh, intercontinental title so um, have another another title belt. Uh, what do you guys yeah. think of the uh, the new Shinsuke? Love Shinsuke. No. Yeah, you know, uh, it's no secret that uh, Shinsuke is one of Big Shot Bill's uh, favorites. So again, Bill, if you if you haven't been listening, please unblock Sheena on Instagram. Um, <laughs> I did I did nothing wrong. But uh, <laughs> so we know Shinsuke is always going to you know get it knocked out of the park on his figures. This one I'll, I'll probably just be adding it for the uh, the, inter- the new Intercontinental Championship. I just feel like we've already gotten so many kind of iconic Shinsuke looks. Um, and I, I really, ultimate edition is yeah, the ultimate edition is awesome. Some of his first NXT elites. Um, so I, I don't necessarily need uh, the newer Shinsuke ring gear. I kind of like the, the older swag he was rocking, uh, back in NXT, but the figures do look great. Both of them do. And it's yeah. definitely cool to get that new NXT championship or the new intercontinental championship. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I had, uh, the other, the other night while I was just chilling up in the, uh, the figure room playing some, some PlayStation two, that's kind of what I do for my, uh, uh, my, my downtime. Um, I, I had a idea randomly pop up for an ultimate edition and I, I want to run it by you guys to see what you think. So I think one, I think this would be a huge hit with collectors. I think it would look great for display and I think it'd be pretty easy for Mattel to do. So I'm, you know, action figure attack, uh, you know, feel free to take this opportunity or to take this idea and use it because I think it makes a lot of business sense too. So I think we need an ultimate edition of Royal Rumble 92 Ric Flair. All right. Um, And yeah, we always know the 92 Rumble, that's, you know, kind of unquestionably the best Royal Rumble ever. Um, It was one of Ric Flair's best performances ever. That's where the the Rumble was actually for the world championship. And uh, we saw Flair come away with, with the strap and the way I would execute it. So you're going to get flair. All right. You're going to, he's going to come with the robe. All right. So he's going to have that black and, uh, and silver robe that he wore. And, uh, we're going to do, obviously he's going to come with the winged Eagle title that he won at the end. And we're going to do three head scans. All right. So we're going to have, uh, you know, his ring entrance head scan where he's coming in cool and confident, even though he was the number three guy in the rumble. Uh, we're going to have one kind of, uh, you know, a, a mid match head scan where he's looking a little bit disheveled, but he's going to be hitting the woo. All right. And then uh, we're going to have to have the – you guys remember the iconic, uh, the iconic interview that he did afterwards where he's just going crazy. His hair's all bushy. He's losing his freaking mind because he's so excited for being champ. That's one of our head scans also. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that would be an excellent uh, addition to the, the Ultimate Edition collections. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think our, I think our buddy Tom over at Running Pie is gonna is gonna like that one. So I'm I'm excited to hear what he thinks about your idea. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you definitely have to put the uh, with a tear in my eye somewhere on that packaging because that's <laughs> yeah. what he says. Be, uh, with a tear in my eye. Yeah, that yeah. Would, that would be on the like the inside. You know how they put like the little quote or whatever, yeah. like the tagline on the inside of the packaging. Yeah, that, they would put that right there. Yeah, you, def- you definitely have to do that. But yeah, no, I love I love that idea. That's uh, yeah, that, uh that that Royal Rumble is definitely. If one of the best, if not the best Royal Rumbles ever. Yeah, no, I, yeah, totally I think I saw a stat a couple of years ago and I was rewatching that and kind of just doing some some reading on it uh, while I was watching. I think something like 16 out of the, the 30 guys in that Rumble are in the Hall of Fame. So in addition yeah. to it just being an awesome match, um, you know, the, the talent that was in there was just crazy. So, uh, Marco, what all uh, did you get this week for your collection? Uh, nothing, nothing too crazy. Just... Um uh got the notification for uh uh rocky johnson like everyone like, yeah you got that too did pre-order it. tomorrow yeah so uh stoked for that uh definitely i seen a uh uh a uh uh the the original bro in the wild which is pretty weird um yeah she spotted that also I've, I've seen a few of them around here i always hit up the group to see if they need them um and then you know only a couple people have needed them but yeah I, i've been spotting that a lot more frequently around here yeah, I seen uh so yeah, I didn't I didn't pick it up um before, but it was only one on the peg, so I was like, uh, oh, I'll grab it. So it's a good yeah. looking figure, man. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's Very uh cool. it's pretty good. I was actually looking at uh not that that's pretty much it for my uh purchases, but I was looking at the the R Truth uh figure that they just came out with. And that's I mean that that's a pretty damn good likeness of uh of, of yeah, R Truth. Uh, yeah, they nailed that, it. Uh, it's a, it might be a sleeper for figure of the year. You never know. The, the other thing I, is, uh, our truth elites they don't come around every day. You know, he went from a, a elite fifteen to what's there's a seventy eight. Yeah, past, yeah, yeah. He went yeah. so he went basically sixty three series without an elite. So that's pretty freaking insane. Wow. Yeah, he, yeah, and if you didn't see his uh, if you didn't see Raw Talk with his uh, his interaction with AJ Styles, uh-huh. definitely go back and watch it because um, it's. It's basically because how AJ Styles says SmackDown is the house that AJ Styles built. Yeah. So apparently, our truth thought he actually built houses, and, uh, <laughs> so, and, it, and it goes on from there. So you get you got to actually watch it because it's probably one of the funniest interactions you'll ever see. Because he's like, "So you didn't actually build it?" And he's just, uh, <laughs> I'll go back and watch it. I, I, love, I love our truth when he's yeah. in his his element. Yeah, our truth is hilarious. I love, yeah. I love anytime him and Brock would cross paths. Like I remember when uh, back in 2015, when Brock and Undertaker, when Undertaker came back and they had their big pull apart brawl, the one thing you know, oh, these yeah. two absolute legends, you know, probably you know top 20 all time pro wrestlers, getting this amazing brawl. My the one thing I remember is when it finally got broke up backstage. Our truth going to Brock, going, "You good, Brock? You, you good, good, bro? You good?" <laughs> it, it was just so just funny. The, yeah, just the fact that you know our truth is even speaking of Brock Lesnar just cracked me up, man. So yeah, <laughs> big fan, big fan of anything that guy does. Um, for us, we added so we got uh, our friends at ringside sent us the WrestleMania celebration figures, the Andre and Macho Man. Um, still a little bit bummed that those aren't elites, but man, they knocked it out of the park on those. Definitely in the mix for best basics of all time, yeah. and and the they're in the wrestling figure packaging hall of fame. That packaging just looks amazing. You know, it's they, beautiful. Yeah, the the ring carts look great. It's just a huge clear bubble on the front. Um, you know, obviously neither one of those guys are no longer with us, but hopefully we get another series of those figures with some guys that are still around because those would be 
beautiful to get uh, autographed. I was just telling Sheena, you know, how great the, the Macho Man figure would look with a nice paint pen signature on the front of it. Yeah, so, like a yellow or a hot pink. That would be so sick. Yeah, if you're a big, if you're an MOC collector, those things got to be automatic ads. And if you're a big Macho or Andre fan, you definitely need those figures in your collection because they look awesome. And Mattel nailed it on the ring cart also. That's kind mm-hmm. of been one of the most requested accessories for a long time. And they did great on it. I think um, they they could have they could have been a lot lazier with it, and it still would have been good. But they went all out. You know, the ropes actually got some movement to them. It's got wheels on the bottom, um, so some stuff that they definitely didn't have to do. Peg, or that, peg stands, like yeah, stands. peg stands built into it. They definitely um, they definitely had collectors and and the fig photography crowd in mind when they made those. So hats off to to Mattel for those. And then we got the Survivor Series elites also. So again, those were. Uh, uh, kind of one of those sets that gives people a chance to kind of get caught up on some fi- on some guys that maybe missed in their collection and add them in there. Um, Especially that Drew McIntyre. Yeah, the Drew McIntyre looks great. Um, it's, it's good that we're getting Drew out there because he's been, had some of the highest uh, values on the secondary market over the past year. So more Drew figures are good to, to get, you know, collectors and even kids that like to play with these things. Give them a chance to add this figure to, to their collection without having to shell out, you know, 60 plus bucks. And it's our first uh, figure, John Morrison, since he's been back. So great set. All those are available on ringside right now. And again, make sure you guys use code Chick Foley um, when you order those. And then we want to give a plug to Two Sweet Merch on uh, Instagram. They had a Halloween Havoc 96 inspired drop. Uh, I'm not sure if anything sold out yet. It went, it went live last night, um, but a lot of great stuff. You know, they got uh, uh, crew necks, T-shirts, long sleeve tees, and uh and a couple of different options for hats. So definitely yeah. hop on there if, uh, if you want to get a little bit of 90s nostalgia wrestling merch for, uh, you know, non-vintage prices. Yeah, we've grabbed we've grabbed a couple of their drops recently. We got the Owen Hart. Um, I got a crew neck, and I got Seth the um, short sleeve shirt. And then when they're in the house, in your house, uh, in the house, <laughs> oh, in your house um, uh, set dropped, we got um, – we got a t-shirt and a, and a snapback and yeah, it looks, they, they, everything looks really, really good. So I'm excited to see how this, this, um, Halloween Havoc set looks when it comes in. Yeah. All right. That's it for, uh, the, Oh, Sheena, give us, tell us about the toy drive. Oh yeah. So I wanted to hop on real quick and let you guys know, um, we are officially kicking off our Chick-fil-A show holiday toy drive last year. You guys, the Chick-fil-A show community was so amazing. It was our first annual toy drive and we were able to donate over 300 figures to kids in need, which was just so awesome. And, you know, given the circumstances of this year and, you know, all the hardships a lot of families have faced, I can only imagine that there's going to be even more kids this year that, that need help and families that need help. Um, and you know, we're all about, you know, we love to collect toys and stuff like that, but ultimately like at the end of the day, toys are, toys are for kids and we want them to have a magical Christmas. So we are kicking off our toy drive. Um, just like last year, we're going to be having, we'll have a PO box set up for you guys to ship toys to, if you want to. Um, and we're also going to have a PayPal. A lot of people just donated money last year. Um, and we went shopping and we grabbed the toys for them. But again, we were able to donate over 300 toys and we don't want you guys. I mean, obviously if you want to send wrestling figures, that's amazing. We're a wrestling figure, you know, based, um, you know, podcasts and things like that. So we definitely, you know, love all things wrestling, but don't feel pigeonholed to only donate wrestling toys. I mean, we have people from all interest groups, so whatever you can, um, you know, donate or, you know, chip in and ship, that would be awesome. So, um, I'm super excited to get that set up and see what an impact we can make this year. So while you're out right now, Target has some promotions going on, um, you know, if you buy toys, you or if you buy a certain amount of toys, you get like ten and twenty five dollars off. So definitely take advantage of that, and we'll be posting um, promos and stuff like that from Ringside and other toy uh, merchants and stuff like that for throughout the hit rest. Your, of- uh, hit your five belows and your ollies too. They yes. usually have some 
some really good basics, um, you know, actually end up hitting the pegs of those stores for typically about five bucks. And those figures are great for, for little kids that are just going to beat the hell out of them anyways. Yeah, we got a ton of stuff. We were able to find a ton of stuff at um, at Five Below and, and Ollie's and stuff last year. So, yeah, hit those spots um, and let's let's help some kids, uh, you know, have a, a super Merry Christmas. So, again, I'll be giving you guys the address for the P.O. Box here soon. Um, and then I'll be posting, you know, if you guys want to donate, uh, we'll have a PayPal set up for you guys to do that, too. So let's have a, let's have a very Merry Christmas this year, guys. Hell yeah. All right, so that wraps up. Go figure. It is now time for quarantine and chill. All right, quarantine and chill is where we guys give you Excuse me, where we give you guys a uh, recommendation for something uh, that's, you know, not directly related to in-ring wrestling action to help kind of pass the time where everybody's cooped up in the house. Uh, Sheena, take it away. I know you got some uh, some kind of Halloween inspired stuff for us. Yeah, you know this whole this whole month I'm going to be bringing all the spookiness uh, with my with my quarantine and chill recommendations. So um, I did want to first let you guys know that one of my favorite favorite horror movies, House of a Thousand Corpses, is a Rob, Rob Zombie film. Um, it is on Netflix now. It just it just launched on Netflix like week before last. Um, so if you've never seen that or if it's been a while since you've seen it, definitely check it out. Um, classic, classic. Um, it is. I mean. It's if you're kind of queasy, it is it is kind of over the top gore. Um, but I mean, it is one of my favorite horror movies. It's just literally scary on all levels. Um, crazy, crazy families, you know, just like they always they always bring the heat. I feel like it's more like blood and like like blood and like goo type gore. It's not like Saw where you're like you know it's not torture porn. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna see somebody's jaw get snapped something like that. But it, it is a lot of blood. Yes, um, there will be blood. Um, so yeah, House of a Thousand Corpses again. And then if you're if you're really feeling um, frisky after you watch that, you can watch uh, The Devil's Rejects. I don't know if it's on Netflix or not, but um, I do love The Devil's Rejects as well. It's the it's the sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses. My next recommendation is going to be a podcast recommendation. Um, it's Full Body Chills podcast. It's by the same people that make Crime Junkie. So if you listen to Crime Junkie, which is a true crime podcast, which I absolutely love, um, it's by the you know Audio Chuck Productions. Great stuff. They do every October. They do a full body chills series and it's like campfire spooky stories. It just kind of like give you that eerie, spooky, creepy feeling uh, for, for the season. So definitely check that out. Um, it's really, really good. So while you're riding in your car, while you're getting ready in the morning to get some, you know, spooky campfire feels. Another uh, podcast recommendation. Yeah, we mentioned earlier that uh, the Bobby Lashley episode of Corey Graves uh, after the Bell podcast really great. And also, uh, me and Sheena listened to our first episode of uh, Alexa Bliss's podcast, Uncool. We we checked out the episode with the Bellas. Really entertaining oh episode. Gosh. So, you know, I, I know we got a slightly older crowd that listens to, to this pod. You know, anybody that's really kind of mid-30s, you know, child of the 90s, it's going to hit you right in the feel spot. Yes. You know, they, they talk about really all kind of the quintessential um, 90s kid experiences that they went through in like middle school and high school. So I uh, definitely recommend checking out the Bella Twins episode of that. And then and me and Marco are going to kind of tag team the second half of Quarantine and Chill. Marco, tell us about some of the, the latest Dark Side of the Ring news. Yeah, so um, if you're a listener of, uh, of 83, uh, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, excuse me, um, he actually spoke about uh, the, the Dark Side of the Ring crew was actually – uh, at his house filming material for uh, two episodes. Mm. Um, so it looks like they are, they are doing a Brian Pillman episode. 
Um, because he obviously he got an interview for that, and uh, what I'm really excited for, because he actually did an 83 weeks on this, was the uh, the WCW uh, NJPW Collision in Korea show. Yeah, uh, they did so th- that uh, if you ever listen to that 83 weeks episode, uh, really insightful, really entertaining. He speaks about his um his um time in Korea, um, and it's 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 pretty eye opening, like the stuff that they had to go through and um, all that. Uh, the, the matches are obviously. I don't think it's. I'm not sure if it's on the network. Um, the Collision in Korea. I think they they talked about it. Not yeah, it's, it's actually not on the network. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a contract thing or if they just actively decided not to uh, um, not to include it for you know all the issues North Korea brings. But yeah, but that's a really interesting show historically. You know, I think depending on how legit it is or not. You know, it's uh, one of the most uh, highly attended events in. Uh, in wrestling history. So I still know a lot about that show. You know, I know that it existed. I've read a few little straight parts about it, but I'll be very interested for that episode. And uh, I just want to give a plug for anybody that hasn't checked it out yet. Definitely go check out dark side of the ring. It, uh, there's two seasons of it now available on, uh, I know it's on Hulu. I think pretty much any, uh, if it's on sling, you can get it on demand also. Um, but it's one of the best things vice has done. They're kind of known for their documentaries and they just kill it on these. We watched, uh, we caught up on season two over the past week. We hit it pretty hard. The The Herb Abrams episode was actually one that I, I wasn't real familiar with the guy. I heard the name kind of mentioned on, uh, I think I feel like Bruce Pritchard mentioned him quite a few times on uh, yeah. something to yep. wrestle with and stuff. Yep. I wasn't super familiar with the guy, but that was highly entertaining. You know, uh, just hearing about some of these uh, lesser Crazy. stories. I, I'm yeah. finding myself more entertained by the, sto- the stuff that I hadn't uh, learned about yet than uh, some of the stories I'm more familiar with. But uh, definitely a great documentary, and I can't wait for for season three to to premiere. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I have a, a couple. Uh, actually, not a, not a couple of recommendations. I have, actually, no, we did watch the um, the Trick or Treat movie. Uh, <gasps> is, that, is that it. your first time? Yeah, I never. I I I remember seeing it, like seeing like advertising stuff like a while ago, yeah. like back when it actually first came out. Never watched it though. I don't know why. Uh, but I do love watching horror movies, which is kind of weird that I didn't. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I definitely watch it. It was it's really entertaining. And there's a there's like there's a lot of movies because they give you like suggestions. There mm-hmm. are other like B movies out there that are very similar where they like they kind of like intertwine stories and things like that. Yeah, or it's like just like an, 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 an yeah, or it's just like it's just a legit anthology of just different um, uh, things. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that movie was I I, I really enjoyed that one. That was actually. Uh, Really yes. entertaining. It's not too over the top. Um, there are, yeah, and it's there just are, got like, it's just got like the like I was talking about. Uh, we can't remember if it was last week or week before, but like it's just got the vibe. You know what I mean? It just yeah, really the aesthetic is yeah. The aesthetic is on point with just like it just screams Halloween time. You know, yeah, and like, I just I, I love the whole feel of the movie. Yeah, exactly. And they like just like the like the festival that they're at. And, like the, oh my you know, gosh, the, yes. So like it reminded yes. me of like it reminded me of Salem. Like that look legit yeah. looks like how Salem looks every like pretty much. I'm not gonna say on Halloween. Pretty much the whole yeah. month of October. Like once like the last week of September hits. Salem is legit. I remember you telling me all about it. Like we're we're definitely going to make an October trip up to, up to Salem for, you know, that's like, that's that's on my bucket list. I want to go up there and see because all the houses, like I've seen pictures and stuff and it it looks like a Halloween town, you know, pumpkins on every porch. And yeah. yeah. Next year. Definitely. Well, maybe we'll do like a, like a, like a tour of Salem with you guys. If you guys decide to do it. That would be awesome. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Cause Salem's like an old town too. So like everything still looks old. Like there's still cobblestone roads. Um, 
So like in the in the downtown area of Salem, it's still like it's still like cobblestone. There's no like concrete or anything like that. So like there's little like um, shops, and that's where you see all like the like the the witches and all the uh, the the palm readers and the card yes, readers. Yes, I am here for witchy open. vibes. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's it. When you go there, you definitely feel like that aura. And, you, and actually, they have the graveyard of all the of all the witches that passed away. Oh, passed away. I should yeah. say. Not pa- we'll say passed away. We'll keep it. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep it safe. We'll keep it G-rated. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep it G-rated. But yeah, they do. You what you can walk like the path. And there's obviously there's like a tourist a tourist path. Where you can like yeah. uh, you, you go with a tourist guide and they tell you all the stories and all that pretty uh, cool stuff. But yeah, so um, obviously Massachusetts is a big uh, a big Halloween area. So yeah, we're we're super stoked. But yeah, um, so my recommendation is I'm not sure if it's still on Hulu. I hope it is. But uh, there's a show called Pen Fifteen. Have you ever heard oh, of the show? Yeah, we got it on our list of stuff to watch. But yeah, we haven't seen it yet. But I've, yeah. I've seen the trailer and stuff for it. Yeah, it looks uh, yeah very very so- funny. Definitely watch Pen Fifteen, especially if you're a '90s kid and you're in high school around that like the time. So the the premise of the show is it's basically these girls are you know they're just starting high school, so they're they just graduated junior high, um, mm-hmm. they're entering their freshman year in high school. But the twist of the show is the the they're played as older women, so they're older women, uh, they're comedians, they're they're writers for other shows and stuff like that. So these two women. They're playing teenagers. Oh my gosh! So the rest of the cast, when they're in high school, are all actually kids. They're all teenagers. <laughs> so you have to suspend your belief and think like. So it's not like it's not them going back to school like Billy Madison. It's legit them playing like they're fourteen year olds in, in school. Right. So it's kind of hard to explain, but when you watch it, it's really funny. So they go through all like the the girl stuff, and like you get to see like what they go through as as females yeah. in high school and what they're like in their personal life. It, it's a really really funny show. Definitely. Definitely recommend. It. I watched the whole season. I remember while working, so like every day during lunch, I would watch an episode um, nice. and I finish out the whole season. But yeah, definitely recommend that show. Um, you'll definitely love it if you're like a like early two thousands, early or late two thousands kid, and you're into that because they reference a lot of that type of like music and movies and all that type of stuff. So definitely yeah. recommend it. Yeah, I'm like reading said, up I, on it right now on uh, Wikipedia, and it sounds like it's right up my I, I got it on our, uh, our list of stuff to watch because I remember when it was debuting, seeing the trailer for it and stuff, and it looked really, really good. So, so yeah, definitely check out Pin 15, check out House of a Thousand Corpses, and if you haven't yet, uh, go watch Dark Side of the Ring. All right, so that's going to wrap up Quarantine and Chill. It is now time for our random merch of the week. Random merch of the week is where we scour the uh, the interwebs, the deep dark corners, and find uh, some sort of quirky, valuable, random, interesting piece of wrestling merch. And this week, as our MVP Marco, they tracked it down. So Marco, tell us about this Triple H brass ring that you found. So I kind I kind of teased us the week before and said like, yeah, you, you you won't oh, believe yeah. what this was the big this, this was the big tease. Yeah. yeah so so like I'm I'm assuming this is a brass ring that everyone's talking about that you have to grasp. And hold on to uh, when you're in the WWE. For those that don't know, this was uh, so so Vince McMahon in late 2014 went on uh, the Steve Austin Show podcast. On it was on WWE Network. It was like a live stream podcast, and the biggest takeaway that he had was when he uh, he kind of went off on the current gen of talent, saying that 
Um, nobody's reaching for the brass ring like they did when The Rock and Steve Austin were there. I mm-hmm. think I think Seth and Roman were the two that he mentioned were like the only two guys that have actually done it. Um, so that and that's kind of been the running joke over the last few years. You've seen that pop up a few different times. Cesaro's dropped uh, the brass ring in a couple of his promos, and Miro. then obviously we heard Miro uh, yeah. say on his AW debut. So it's kind of ironic that uh, that we tracked down an actual Triple H yeah. brass ring. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so. So I was looking up like weird merchandise. So apparently there's an actual, uh, I can't, it's not on eBay. I try to look. There's no, no, I'm not sure if anyone actually has this. It was the last time it was cited was on Amazon. So it was sold on Amazon. Uh, But is it, it's a legit. Yeah. It's probably, probably, probably couldn't afford it. It's triple H. So yeah, I was going to say, of course, of course, Marco picks some triple H. (laughs) But yeah, so it's a, it's a legit brass ring with triple H's face. Um, uh, it's etched out. Um, it's a, it's, it's, you gotta see it. It's, well, we'll oh, I'm looking at it. We'll, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. It is literally like a sculpture of, <laughs> of triple H, um, that is, that is a ring. Um, it's so weird. I don't know. You know, um, Jason Momoa, I don't know how many of you follow Jason Momoa. I mean, I follow him because, you know, of, of course, for, yeah. for, for obvious reasons. Oh, you mean um, the, knock, but, the knockoff Roman? Yeah. Yeah. Oh Jason my God. <laughs> no, Jason. I mean, listen, I love Roman Reigns with a passion, but I mean, Jason Momoa, Oh, it would wipe the floor with Roman Reigns. Um, I would love to see that match. I'm here for the WrestleMania match. Um, yeah, he, he would be the tribal chief for sure. Um, but he always orders these rings that are like these like hand sculpted like skulls. You know, like he has this yeah. like art artisan somewhere that like ha- like you know creates these rings for him. And it's just funny. Like that's what it reminds me of. Um, of course, he gets them made out of like you know elk bone or something like that. But yeah, this is like Triple H's angry wrinkled face on yeah, a ring. <laughs> I'm assuming that uh, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns have this actual ring. They actually <laughs> grabbed the, uh, the brass ring. So, I mean, that's what Vince McMahon's talking about. It may, yeah. it's, it's, not a, it's not a good looking ring, so maybe you don't want to hold on to yeah. it or wear it. So, I don't, I don't yeah. blame anyone else for not grabbing the brass ring if this is the one that they actually have to, to grab. Or shove up Vince's. Yeah, there's a lot of yes. little notches and really detailed <laughs> sculpting. So, yeah, so if anybody takes Miro's advice and shoves this up their ass, uh, <laughs> they're going to be just in just that same week. Oh, so. uh, yeah. So, yeah, and I have a, cu- I have a couple more that I uh, that I found uh, next week that are pretty pretty insane and weird that uh, WWE – well, I'll give you a hint. Uh, a couple uh, – probably a few months ago, I, I told you guys about a uh, – it was a – AJ Lee hat that had the attached ponytail. Oh yes, that? yes. Yeah, there's yes. A, there's another there's another type of hat out there uh, for another WWE superstar. But I'm, I'm, I'll leave that for for next week. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the record and say <laughs> I think it's Polly Dangerously. <laughs> no, no, actually, no, it's no, no, it's definitely. Okay, not I'll, 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 don't 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 spoil it. All right, so two weeks in a row, he lived up to the hype last week. Marco was teasing us with uh, the random merch for next week, so. If nothing else, tune in to see what uh, Marco's going to dig up for next week. All right, so it's now time for our Retro Wrestling Recommendation of the Week. All right, this is where we pick a match from years gone by and for you guys to go check out on the WWE Network or YouTube or wherever it is that you consume your pro wrestling. So uh, I'll start off. So I was kind of racking my brain for something for this week. I feel like, you know, from listening to you guys last year, 
and uh, the year before uh, that you guys kind of uh, ran through all the the big Halloween choices and mm-hmm. stuff. So um, I couldn't really decide, but I ended up selling our legend Sergeant Slaughter figure over uh, this past week. So I figured, let me find a Sergeant Slaughter match. And so I went with what I think is the absolute peak of his career, um, which was when he made his, you know, he was the Iraqi sympathizer in the first Gulf War. And at the 1991 Royal Rumble, he defeated the ultimate warrior to become WWF champion. So that was kind of the high point. Um, We all know he went on the main event, WrestleMania seven, a couple months later, but he was on the losing end in that one against the Hulkster, but definitely check out this match. Um, I think you kind of got to watch the whole event because there's a promo that the warrior cuts earlier in the night where uh, sensational Sherry is kind of begging the warrior to promise that macho man will get the next shot at the championship. If, uh, if warrior wins and, he refuses to do it, and that leads to Macho Man interfering in the match and kind of costing uh, Warrior the belt. So it's really more, a little, you know, the match kind of is what it is, but it's really entertaining to see the Warriors' interactions with Sherry and Macho Man. So uh, that's my pick for this week: uh, the 1991 Royal Rumble Ultimate Warrior versus Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, Marco, do you have anything picked out for this week? Yeah. So obviously, I'm the theme guy. Um, this past weekend, uh, Eddie Guerrero's birthday was celebrated. I believe he he would have turned fifty three uh, this past weekend. Uh, so I went with a pick: uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Rob Van Dam, the Battle of the uh, the the Frog Splash. We'll say um, it's uh, from uh, I believe it's Monday Night Raw um, uh, from two thousand two. It's an Intercontinental Championship ladder match uh, between Eddie Guerrero and Rob Van Dam. Uh, really awesome. If you haven't, if you haven't, that's one of his. Probably one of his top ten matches um, between the two because obviously they're always compared. Who has the better frog splash, Rob Van Dam or or Eddie Guerrero? Uh, yeah. Uh, so you actually get to see it um, in live time, and it's uh, obviously it's these two talents going going head to head. It's it's definitely worth a watch if you have the time to uh, go back and watch it. Um, and it's for the title, and it's a ladder match. Did I mention that before? Uh, with <laughs> with two of the greats, uh, so definitely go back and watch that. Yeah, uh, I'm already hooked. You got me. I'm definitely checking it yeah, out. I'm a, I'm a Rob Van Dam fan. I think uh, like, actually maybe last year, me and uh, me and uh, Mike Lennon went back and forth on because he doesn't. He's not a fan of Rob Van Dam and all that stuff. So I had to, you know, bring it back and say, hey, he won the title. He beat John Cena clean to win the uh, WWE Championship. So. In front of a uh, in front of a, in an ECW arena, mind you. So uh, he's solidified in my book. But uh, yeah, no, definitely watch this match. It's uh it's one of the especially if you're an Eddie Guerrero fan, um, you'll you'll definitely appreciate it. I think it's uh, if you go on a lot of the uh, top ten lists of his matches, it's it's usually up in the high like fives uh, for the for this match in, in particular. So uh, take the time and definitely go look and uh, happy happy belated to uh, Eddie Guerrero. Awesome. All right. And then one thing we forgot to mention earlier that uh, we definitely need to bring up is that uh, we for- the NXT is bringing back Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal for uh, Halloween Havoc. So that's just another indicator that somebody at WWE has been listening to our podcast. All right. We <laughs> oh, talked yeah, about definitely. it last week. That was on our wish list. So uh, it's awesome. So hopefully we don't get the uh, the coal miners glove on a pole match again. <laughs> uh, what do we got? It looks like so. Yeah. Here's the here's the list of potential potential matches. So we have you know they're going to put coal miners glove on a pole match uh, for nostalgia. Trick or street fight. That's kind of the Ooh. standard Halloween style match we've got the last few years where somebody always ends up with a jack o' lantern on their head. Yeah. Blindfold match. 
casket match, Chamber of Horrors match. I mentioned that one last week. Chamber. I had a hard match. time believing we we're going to see a Chambers of Horror match. <laughs> I would <laughs> love to see yeah, yeah, somebody get electrocuted. Awesome. Um, bikers chain match, a buried alive match, Devil's Playground match, huh. boiler boiler room brawl, oh. Shotzi's choice, or a weapons wild match. So I know that they would never, ever, ever, you know, kayfabe this uh, wheel, but I got a sneaking suspicion we're going to get a Shotzi's Choice match oh, oh, yeah. at uh, Halloween Havoc. Uh, I don't know, man. All the other the options seem so good. What, no. what, 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 what could she choose? If the she Chamber of Horrors, of course. Well, I mean, oh, so she gets to choose one of the pre-existing yeah, that's what I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I was thinking she just gets to come up with like a stipulation on her own. So, um, yeah, if she gets to choose one of these, that would be pretty awesome. All right, so uh, Sheena, let's finish it out with some listener mail. All right, guys, let me pull up our listener mail here. All right, dang it! Let me find. Let me find, let me find our questions. Actually, while you're, while you're finding the questions, we did mention that uh, the Cody. Chase figure went up on ringside. Oh, um, yeah. We forgot well. to mention that during the, the Go Figure yeah. segment. It actually uh, sold like, like 200 bucks. Yeah. Sorry, sold out? Yeah. yeah I mean, in a yeah, minute, it's, it's like, totally uh, like a few of our guys tried to get minutes. them. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, you know, they got swiped from their cart. So, like, literally, they were checking out. And it was like, this one, one person in our group said that he purchased it and then immediately got refunded because, wow. uh, yeah. yeah, it was, it sold so out. If you want these chases, jump on them, you know? Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah, I, I like checked 17 minutes after and it was already sold out. So it must have sold out like in the first like five or 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It was it was quick based on what I saw. All right. So the first question comes in from Jordan Wells, our good buddy Jordan Wells. We were talking about him earlier. He is the you know guy with like 1,200 pops. He says, which superstar do you think will benefit most from the draft, male and female? So um, Marco, I'll start with you. Which one, which male and female do you think is going to benefit most from their, their draft position? Uh, I'll probably for I'll probably go with Lacey Evans being on Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, she's definitely going to benefit. Um, and obviously for the males, I definitely have to go with Big E. Um, I think they yeah, separated him sure. from, from them too for a reason. I think that reason is to make him a big, mega uh, face. On, uh, for the SmackDown brand, so yeah, those are my two choices. What about you, Seth? So, uh, I think this is going to be a little bit of an unexpected answer. Dolph Ziggler? No, not <laughs> Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> I think uh, Seth Rollins is going to yeah. benefit the most. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. So Seth's going to change the scenery. First time since the brand split that he's um, that he's going over to uh, SmackDown. All right. Um, and here, here's the deal. The Seth and Roman, um, that's been a WrestleMania main event just waiting to happen basically since those guys debuted on the main roster. The only major uh, one-on-one pay-per-view match they had was at Money in the Bank 2016, which yeah. was a banger. Seth's first match back. He beat Roman for the Queen. championship right before Dean Ambrose cashed in on him. Um, and Big E could do it. All right, Big E could be the guy that takes down the new tribal chief Roman that we've seen. Um, but if not him, the only guy I'm seeing on the SmackDown roster that can do it is Seth. All right. And even though Seth yeah. has been a bad guy, um, you know, he kind of turned on the fans after the fans turned on him at the end of last year. Uh, you know, the, the fans are ready to embrace him again. He's been so good as, as a heel that 
Uh, I think the fans are ready to love him again. And if if we see Seth turn back to the light, you know, really be SmackDown savior, um, I could see him and Roman just having a hell of a match. And I say that he would benefit the most because this would get Seth back in the spot he's supposed to be, which is the WrestleMania main event. All right. We know he, you know, he cashed in at WrestleMania 31 and left with the belt. He beat Brock for the universal title at WrestleMania 35. But Seth, for all the success he's had, he still yet to have a proper WrestleMania main event. All right. And I think Seth and Roman is, is, uh, is the match way to happen, whether that's this year or at, you know, WrestleMania 37, uh, you know, two years from now. Um, I think he's, that's kind of what's written in the stars for him right now. And that's what we're going to see. So I'm going to say Seth Rollins is, is ready to benefit the most, even though he's already, you know, kind of at the, at the peak, he's going to take it up even another level, uh, from where he's at right now. Cool. Awesome. So our next question is from, um, our buddy, David Brooks. I'll, I'll take this one because it's so funny that he even brought this up. Um, he says, what do you think of the Send oh, Nudes Kraft Mac and Cheese advertising campaign? Marco, are you familiar with this? I have I have not heard of this. Actually, when I read that question, I was like, I have to go research this now and see it. Brace, brace yourself. Okay, so, so here's the thing. Kraft Macaroni and Cheese um, tried to do this racy campaign um, that was just kind of like really adult oriented and it was um, they had a comedian on there and they she was like saying like saying you know send nudes but don't send nudes and she was just going back and forth and um, just kind of alluding to sending like during the pandemic you know when you're when you're kind of away from your friends a, a good gesture would be to send them a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese like you know like she used nudes uh, n-o-o-d-s like as noodles right instead of like actual like nudes like nude photos right Anyway, the, the joke wasn't even funny. Like the, the whole the whole campaign wasn't even funny to begin with, right? Um, but it like when they posted it, it just like erupted and like everybody just lost their freaking minds, right? Which was I feel like overkill. You know, you guys know me. I'm not a Karen. I don't I don't believe in cancel culture. I hate like knee jerk responses, like you know, and just like canceling people and you know brands and stuff like that. But um, I just don't know what they were thinking. Like, I wasn't pissed off about it. I wasn't offended by it. But I just thought it was just such a piss poor move. Like, I don't know what their marketing team was thinking. Because, you know, I, I love racy marketing. I love edgy marketing. I think it's funny. I mean, you know, our, like Manscaped and there's all kinds of brands that get out there and do it. You know, there's like you know, poop sprays and stuff like that, that like, you know, have really funny, like cute marketing um, that I think is just like hilarious. But when you're a craft and literally every other post on your feed is kids eating macaroni and cheese, you're a family brand, right? And then you post this on the same exact feed. I was just like, I thought it was just a disaster. I don't know what they were thinking. Again, I wasn't like offended. I just thought it was like a horrible, horrible move. Seth, do you have any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't think it was the end of the world. I thought, but like you said, craft is such a big brand um, I, I just don't really know why they felt the need to even take the risk. You know, it was at best, it was kind of mildly humorous. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know why they even risked it. Cause you just got to know for, for better or worse, it's kind of just what the, the culture is today. People are going to latch on anything to get pissed off about. More importantly though, I kind of, I, I feel dumb because I always had kind of had a dream that I was going to start a, uh, a ramen food truck called Sin Nudes. So I've had that idea out there. Too late. Yeah. I think it was kind of much to do about nothing overall. It just seems like it's kind of already died down, but uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. they deleted it. And I just think, I just think it was like in this, like I said, in this current climate with all the things that are going on, um, you know, 
I won't even get into it because we don't like to bring the mood down. But like, it's just not a good move. You know what I mean? Like with all the Netflix controversy about cuties and all that kind of stuff. And then you're going to like do something like that. And you're a family brand. I thought, again, you're this billion dollar corporation and there was just no need for it. You know, people are going to eat macaroni and cheese. You don't have to get creative, right? I mean, yeah, Kat yeah. doesn't need to do that. Whatever the whatever the second place brand in mac and cheese is, it's something they could do. Try to drum up some controversy. Yeah, like if you're you, like if a college, if a if a company came through that was like literally just marketing to college kids. You know what I mean? Like you know, here have your dorm room mac and cheese or whatever, and like that was kind of like their their niche market or whatever. They had some like bougie, um, you know, hipster type of mac and cheese or something, and they were yeah. you know marketing like that. That's cool, but yeah, your craft. Like you don't, you don't have to do that. Literally. Like you're, you're the number one macaroni and cheese brand. I'm pretty sure that Mac, the craft macaroni and cheese is probably their number one skew in the whole craft brand, you know? So I can't, I, I, I don't know why they had to feel like they had to like go outside the box to get people to buy more mac and cheese. Um, yeah. So thank you, David Brooks, for that question. It was so funny when it came through Seth, we, Seth and I had actually talked about it a couple nights ago and then he saw the question. He goes, Oh my God. <laughs> so he knew I was going to get to drum up my, my sin nudes. Controversy. She, she, she's cooled down a little bit. She was pretty fired up about it the first night it, uh, <laughs> it came out. And I, I was, thought I, it was dumb. Yeah, I, I thought the whole, I, I thought the whole thing was dumb. The commercial was kind of dumb, but I thought the reaction was even dumber. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll move on to um, our good buddy, Mike Lanham, dropped a question, an NBA-related question. So he says, LeBron James, period. Ten finals appearances, four titles for three different franchises, four MVPs. We can debate the Michael Jordan thing all day. So let's hear your top five ballers of all time. So I'm going to start with with you, Seth. So first off, you know, Mike, we love you, man. Uh, we really do. Uh, you're part of the inner circle of the Foley fam, but... I don't think we can debate it all day. I don't think there's a debate. You know, MJ is number one over LeBron, and uh, it's not close. You know, yeah, LeBron may end up having um, the better career on paper when you look at the stats and just the overall number of accomplishments he's had. But, you know, when I look at this, I go by the peaks. All right, and MJ's peak, uh, as good as LeBron is, MJ's peak was still, you know, miles, miles higher than uh, LeBron's. All right, so for my top five all time – I, I'm going to go kind of 1980 and after because I it's one, I didn't really get to see the older generation play. And I feel like the game changed so much that I can't really compare guys like Bill Russell or Jerry West, uh, you know, Oscar Robertson, and Wilt Chamberlain to some of the more modern guys. So for me, number, uh, number one is MJ. All right. And then uh, a, a distant second is LeBron. All right. And what I will say on that, even though I say LeBron's a distant second, I, there's a huge gap for me between number two and number three. So MJ and LeBron, to, you know, collectively, they're way far ahead of everybody else that's played basketball in my lifetime as, uh, you know, the best the best ever. So MJ and LeBron, number three, I'm going with Hakeem Olajuwon, all right? So I thought about that a lot because um, there's it's really kind of just, a you know, a little bit of a royal rumble for who the, the next best is after those two. But I think Hakeem, uh, you know, the 90s were all about the big men. You saw guys like Patrick Ewing, um, David Robertson, Tim Duncan towards the latter half of the decade doing their thing. And Hakeem was the best of those guys. He was the most skilled and he was the one that won the two championships. You know, when MJ took his break between 93 and 96, it was the Houston Rockets led by Hakeem Olajuwon that won the championship. So they're number three, number four, I'm gonna go with Shaq just cause he was so physically dominant. I feel like Shaq actually really left a few championships on the table. Um, he could have won some in Orlando if he would have stuck with Penny and then if him and Kobe would have got along a little bit better, um, 
I think they could have had a few more in him. So even though Shaq left with four championships, I think he actually could have had about two or three more if he just would have, uh, you know, could have made it work with some of his teammates. But Shaq's number four. And then number five, I'm, put, I'm putting Kobe. All right. Um, even though uh, he wasn't quite the shooter that MJ was and, you know, didn't quite have the same efficiency as him, he's the closest thing we've ever had to Michael Jordan as far as a competitor goes. Somebody that just had the absolute will to win and mentality that he's not going to be stopped. And, and, you know, whatever he's got to do, he's going to drag his teammates across the finish line to get where he needs to be. And at the end of the day, he ended up with five rings, still one more than LeBron for those keeping count at home. And uh, he did yep. it with the same team <laughs> throughout his career. So that's it for me. You know, Shaq, LeBron, uh, MJ, Kobe, and Hakeem Olajuwon. That's my top five. Marco, how about you? I almost have, like, the same exact list as you uh, when it comes to to basketball players. So I have, obviously, Michael Jordan, number one. Number two, instead of LeBron, I'm going Kobe. Wow. Uh, number two. Um, mainly because Hot he was take. legit. Uh, I mean, I, I was a huge – after after uh, Michael Jordan, I was a Kobe Bryant fan. So, I mean, because he pretty much – like it, we spoke about this a little bit early, uh, emulated uh, Michael Jordan to a T. Oh, um, yeah. And it was just a similar style, but he just elevated it more. Um uh, not that he's obviously better than Michael Jordan, but like he just he just took that style into the new millennium, if you want to call mm-hmm. it. He kept um, it going. The fadeaways, yeah. the the tenacious defense. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So he was out, we had the intensity, the mama mentality, as it goes. Yep. Uh, number three, I have uh, obviously, yep, same thing. Olajuwon. Um for a big man, he was super smooth. Uh, he could shoot. Uh, he didn't look clunky or slow or anything like that. He just he looked like he could play shooting guard if he wanted to but he was yeah. super tall and he um, made he made post moves look cool i remember doing like the dream shake and stuff like he actually made it yeah, cool the dream like shake. Low post I, yeah. all, your, all your pump fakes and pivots and everything yeah who didn't try to emulate the the dream shake that that was like one of my things uh for so number four um i kind of oh shack shack is my uh number four uh because I, I love shack I'm, I'm a huge shaquille O'Neal fan i pretty much i have like a ton of his rookie cards um, cause I, I still have a lot of my basketball cards. I have my bigger collection is Michael Jordan. I have a ton of Michael Jordan, uh, basketball cards, but, uh, Shaq, Shaq is definitely up there, uh, for the big men. Number five, they're going to, I'm not sure if this is a hot take or not, but Allen Iverson. Oh my go God. Allen okay. Iverson. Hey, okay. We're done here. So thanks everybody that's listened for the last two years. I'm pretty sure we're going to get canceled after this episode. So Marco has not put LeBron in his top five. This is just. I, I can't, I can't have I, LeBron and Kobe and Michael Jordan. People are throwing trash with their cell phones right now. They're listening to this to try to hit you. This is like when Hulk Hogan turned heel. And Bash of the Beast 96, now playing not, LeBron. I'm not here to agree with everyone. <laughs> the same exact list as everybody. You I'm said a hot to... take. This is, this is nuclear, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Send your, send your complaints this way, but I'm only going by the sheer fact of his his change of the game, his impact on the on basketball itself. Not these, like, just like the sheer, like, the way people dress, the way people move. Uh, the, the yeah, shots he, he, he brought he that street the criteria, yeah. He definitely yeah. had the cool factor over LeBron. There's no denying that. But just remember, I'm not guys, LeBron that's, in. I'm that's sorry, Marco. Right? That's yeah. Marco that's saying that. So you know, leave oh, yeah, no, out of this. Direct, yeah. direct all that to Marco on on Twitter. Bring it, yeah. Bring uh, it on. If Michael Jordan's geez. on the list. LeBron is not on my list. Skip oh, Bayless, eat your heart out, man. Oh my God. <laughs> sorry, right. only, only one room for Michael. 
There's only one Michael, <laughs> and LeBron's I, not on that list. Somebody please get us a photo of Allen Iverson's body, sleeve and all, with uh, Marco's face, like, <laughs> photoshopped on there. And you want to talk about paradigm shift? Do you remember that little shakeup that he gave Michael Jordan, yeah, too? Yeah, yeah, he had, he had a nice crossover. Par- that was a sh- yeah, that was LeBron's that crossover. LeBron's been right to the finals ten times. Allen Iverson went once. Like, now I know, but people still talk about AI as well. So that's that's my other, that's my long lasting. So again, I just want to make it clear: there's three people <laughs> in this podcast. That was Marco that left LeBron out of his top five. All right, so I don't think we're gonna top that for this week. So we'll go ahead and wrap it, guys. Let it know where they can find you guys at on social media. You can find me Sheena Chick Foley at Chick Foley on Instagram. Where can they find you, Marco? You can find me on Chick Foley Show, and I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of comments there about <laughs> LeBron James not being in the top five. But <laughs> so hit up Marco right. on Twitter. Let him know what you think of his uh, NBA rankings. Remember, guys, we got the Patreon, ChickFoleyShow.com. Uh, the big thing on that is you can be part of the Facebook Facebook group and the, the Chick Foley fan community for, for $1 a month. So definitely hit that up. And then if you want to spend a little bit more to support the show, we got some awesome bonus content on there. Use code Chick Foley at ringside. Uh, collectibles.com and uh, yeah just let us know what you think remember it helps out the show a ton when you guys rate and review us for those that are listening on iTunes so leave us that Dave Meltzer five stars and and write a little bit of a review it'll help uh, kind of just get us in uh, promoted in the algorithm and maybe expose us to some people who don't follow us on social media and, and help get more listeners for the show so uh, with that this is a wrap on episode 98 we got two weeks to go before we hit the big one zero zero. And we're out. Tell them bye, Sheen. Bye, guys.